powered by Riverside FM. In space, no one can hear you scream. So goes the tagline of the 1979 movie Alien, a science fiction and horror classic of cinema. Alien's concept is so elegant that there's been little consideration for how it came to be, almost as if the concept was fully formed on the page. However, Dan O'Bannon, the writer of Alien, was inspired to create the movie around an inbuilt issue he felt with most haunted house stories, in that characters could just run away. In space, they literally had nowhere to go. Ironically, the concept of Alien has gone in numerous directions following the success of that first film. 1986 saw a direct sequel, spearheaded by American auteur Jim Cameron years before he would dominate the cinematic landscape. Expanding on the tone of the first, the haunted house has grown into a haunted planet, and the threat becomes a plural, both in the film and in the film's title. Aliens wasn't just a worthy follow-up to Alien, but it would also inspire an entire generation of artists who were just about to enter the games industry. It made sense. Aliens was built around small, boxy environments that could play well with early 3D level design. The enemies were designed around close-range attacks, and there was, of course, a wide range of fantasy firepower. Even today, you can see Aliens' influence in multiple groundbreaking titles. The Space Marines and Infectious Enemies of Halo, the Corporate Cruelty of Dead Space, the Escape Sections and Boss Names of the Metroid franchise. Importantly, genre codifiers like StarCraft and Doom wouldn't exist if not for failed licensing deals for adapting aliens into video games. Which leaves the subject of today's episode of The Strange End. The film that influenced the FPS would be the subject matter for a game built on the influences of previous FPS games. Like the titular alien of the franchise, it'd have to be a creature perfectly adapted for its environment, while still retaining the killer advantage it was known for. Of course, like the Alien films it was based on, it would be corporate interest that would spell doom for this project. Because in space, no one can hear you scream. But not on bullet time. This episode, we look at Gearbox Software's 2013 shooter, Aliens Colonial Marines. So Rather than two monitors, could I just have one very... Could I have one monitor which is as big as two monitors, please? Can I have one monitor that's as big as two monitors? And they said, yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. So they got me this this ultra LG ultra-wide monitor, and it's it's nice so far. Nice. Oh, good stuff. And uh, how are we doing? How, how, how are you boys getting on? Uh, Phil first, I guess, because uh, you're kind of the newbie. How's, uh, how, how's things? Things are good. Things are good. I'm uh, I'm busy as ever. I'm writing a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm I've just now started in this week on uh, making sure that I write 250 words a day, 
because I figure that's a low enough bar that I will probably actually do it. Um, nice. But it's enough words that nine times out of ten, there's no way I'm just going to stop at 250 because I'll have hit a rhythm by then. Yeah. So trying to stay on top of myself with that stuff and get it out to places as much as possible. And what uh, what? Yeah, it's usual. <laughs> what, what about you, Kevin? Anything anything exciting happening? Uh, I spent most of the day today, actually after we get off the call, I'm going back to it, uh, building a gazebo oh, uh, in the backyard. And so I am... I am I'm in that stage where I was sweaty and now it's all dried and I just have like salt on my skin. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, you know, we're going to finish the call. Once we finish the call, it should be because it's, you know, it's spring now. So it should be it should be daylight enough for me to knock out the rest of it. And then that we'll is have a true. Yeah, um, I, I, my calendar told me that the first day of spring is coming in very soon, which is exciting. So, wasn't it? What, it was. was uh, it, it, it was this past. Uh, it was Sunday. yesterday. Wait, really? Or oh. Monday? Monday? Oh no! Is it a different date in the UK? It might. Maybe be. it is. Let me see. It could be because it's. Uh, uh, well, it, it would better be. On, yeah, damn it! <laughs> bloody well, better be. <laughs> um. It, huh. It might depend on, um, maybe there's a latitude thing. Oh, oh yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Because it's like, it's, the first day of spring is supposed to be the, the equinox, that when day and night are, uh, are equal. equal so, yeah. in like, I don't know, fucking Alaska, <laughs> I mean, their spring <laughs> is probably like July 7th, and then their autumn is like... Their summer's like July 21st. I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to rewatch the documentary 30 Days of Night to see when yeah. you know, winter and stuff kicks in. That's a good one. It's, it's good to, it's good to uh, refresh yourself with that. Uh, you would think that it'd be easy to get the answer, when is the first day of spring in the UK, but it is, it is not. Uh, oh, is it, is it just about, uh, is it just talking about like springs and stuff, like cheapest places to buy springs? No, no, it's just that it's like, it's like Monday, March 20th through Wednesday, June 21st. Um, I, I don't know what that's supposed to, maybe those are just spring holiday or that's spring. Oh, that's yeah. spring. Oh. I get it now. So yeah, Monday. Monday was spring. Okay, so I did miss it then. God damn it! Didn't put my. Uh... And for the sake of record keeping, it's always March first. I'm finding out okay. that meteorologists, meteorologists, and climatologists just say March first, huh. just for the regardless of whether that actually is. It, I guess it makes their stuff easier makes makes it a little easier (laughs) and that's and that's what we uh, that's what you want to hear from scientists and shit it's like can we just make it easy please this one it's also it's also why people tune into hi folks one to bullet time the video game podcast where we analyze the shooters (laughs) that miss their marks we talk about meteorology as much as we do about fps games and Folks, exciting times. We have two guests today, two guests from the same podcast. One of these guests that you will recognize from appearing on previous episodes of Bullet Time, but we also have somebody brand new in the house. So how should I introduce the pair of you? Should I do it as like a combo or should I do it like 
one after the other. What, what, what's Ooh, let's here? let's combo it. What do you think? I like combo. A, a wombo combo. Of, wombo combo. Of, yeah. All right. Well, uh, joining us from the video game uh, literature podcast, Pixel Lit, Kevil <laughs> Fiven. Or Fiven. Fiven, yeah. Fiven. Kevil, Kevil and Fiven. From yeah. that, does, that does sound like what we'd be called if we were hobbits. Oh, yeah. No, if you lived in... Uh, if you just lived in a hill and were asked to go on an adventure, yeah, Kev- Kevil and Fiven. There we Which, go. let's face it, that's inevitable. That's coming. That, if, if you combine our, our first and last names, it would be Fiven Keelhard. <gasps> oh, that's a good one. That is a good Tolkien name right there. I like it that. It sure is. Oh, that's good. That's real good. Kevin, you're the, you're, you're the consummate uh, like, uh, guest host on this. You, you're an old pro, so Phil... Please, for the folks at home who might not know you, introduce yourself. Give us, uh, fill us in if you can. Ah, um, boom, boom. <laughs> I'm Phil, uh, sometimes called Phil the Conquista Dork. Uh, I am a former YouTuber, uh, current writer, future onion farmer, uh, and co host of Pixel Lit with our dear friend Kevin here, where we talk about video game novelizations. Uh, and I'm also a writer of various uh, stories, scripts, and uh, half-sober musings. Excellent. Now, on your video game literature podcast, have you covered any... Uh, oh, yeah, I guess you have. I was going to say, have any of the books you covered been adapted from FPS games? I think oh, sure. maybe the most famous FPS sure. game, or one of the most famous FPS games, has been adapted into a book that you have covered, right? Yeah. Well, a few, um, yeah. Uh, a few of them. I mean, we ha- we got we had Bioshock mm-hmm. uh, yes. is in there. We considered covering Doom, but changed then our mind. we found out we changed our mind after finding out that the authors were authors are like alt right cranks, um, <laughs> <laughs> and d- they didn't need any more press. Just, yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> didn't need to promote that. Um, Alien uh, Alien Isolation we covered, which uh, ah, very fitting. Is that a segue? I mean, kind <laughs> of, kind of facing, I guess. Um, I mean, I guess kind of as a follow-on question then is that have you found that any of the books that you covered, which, you know, this is very much a podcast about, you know, the video, the shooters that missed their marks. Have you found that like any of the stuff that you covered maybe had a better reputation than video game literature kind of usually has to, I suppose? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've we've run into, you know, when we first started talking about this, I think there was a general initial sense that it would be very similar to bullet time, actually, in the sense that it would be, look, this like the lit in pixel lit would be kind of a wink at the audience. Uh, Like we're not (laughs) we're not dealing with Shakespeare here and we're not. Let's let's make that perfectly clear. But some of these books that we have read have been absolutely wonderful no matter what their uh, source material is some of it has just been uh, an atrocious godless sure. mess uh but uh, godless mess godless, godless mess. mess when you say that you're not dealing with the work of shakespeare is it because he didn't do any video game adaptations that's mostly what i'm getting at yes yeah and that's mostly things to be the, <laughs> but I let's mean, face being- facts he would have. He was a whore. He, he absolutely. He, he would have. He would have been right at the front of the line. He was. Uh-huh. He was. He he paved the way for work for hire. I, would I was going to say. say 
uh, what would you think would be if, if say, Willie Shakes came back from the dead in the year 2023 and, yeah, needed, like, the money? What would be the game adaptation you think you would be a good fit for? Oh, that wow. is a wonderful question. And a lot of people are like, oh, this game. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the game is. Be like, this is this is what Shakespeare would have written. And I'd be like, nah, fuck, fuck that. That that's that you're trying to make it seem better than it is by saying it's what Shakespeare would have written. He would have written like Leisure Suit Larry. I or, bet he would have done a great job with it too. Yeah. Or or something like something along those lines. He 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 is he is a, mo- a lot more crass than people uh gave him credit for. So I would say Leisure Suit Larry, he would have been like hired to do like uh, a, a, a tie-in novelization for some like a 4X game or right. something like that yeah. because he he did to have those history chops um you know something like that but, well you, that's that's think, the though? thing he he wrote a lot of he wrote a lot of uh seedier stuff but uh he also did write some magnificent stuff so he, he would be the most confusing kind of writer to have uh yeah. like the one uh, the oscar winning script writer who you found out used to write the plot lines for porn in the 70s um, or, or kind of like john logan i guess who's like didn't he win an oscar for i know he wrote like two of the most recent bond films but he won an oscar for something previously but before that he was just writing straight to dvd horror schlock yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, James Gunn was the same way. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he wrote for Troma. Uh, he was a trauma yeah. guy. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was in pornography before uh, right. winning. Well, while he winning, was writing Rocky, you can while see he the was writing in the background of the Selling Stallion. Yeah. So, what there a you beautiful, go. Beautiful, varied life that man has led. <laughs> he really has, yeah. I mean, he's still Bless. at it as well. I always think about that. Just about that. Oh, he is still on television. And it feels like he's kind of like looked the same for the past, I want to say like 15 years, but kind of in that way of sort of the, what's, it, what's John Luke Card's actor's name? Uh, oh, Patrick, uh, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Patrick Stewart thing where it kind of feels like he's trapped in amber, if you know what I yeah. mean. But in like Stallone's yeah, yeah, case, he literally no, he, looks like he, he's trapped in amber. He got a, I gotta say, uh, Sylvester Sloan got a banger facelift. Like it just, oh, it, yeah. he just got a, he got a facelift and it, everything just kind of like froze from then on out, mm. you know? I mean, yeah. he also was kind of a rough looking dude to begin with. So That's when, true. when yeah. you start that close to a low hanging piece of fruit, uh, <laughs> which I'm not, which is an, a very apt uh, metaphor for Sylvester Stallone's face. Uh, <laughs> that is him, yeah. An apple that a bunch of crows have been picking at from time to time. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, poor Sly. <laughs> well, well, folks, that's been the Stallone podcast, and hope you enjoyed it. Man, this was fun, guys. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks for hopping on. Um, I will say, maybe to kind of pull it back around again, is that I'm not quite sure what game I would associate the bard with but I feel like he might have done a better job of writing the video game that we're talking about today which is 2013's Aliens Colonial Marines by yeah yeah, yeah. he would have had to right yeah you would have hoped <laughs> that maybe he would have done a slightly better job at it that being said I do want to just quickly make like my first note about the history of this game which we'll go into that later on but uh, this game was written when he still worked at Gearbox by movies with Mikey himself, Mikey Newman from YouTube. So, oh. oh, I did not yeah. know that. 
so if he listens to this podcast and he ever wants to collaborate, I mean, uh, sorry in advance, I suppose. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if you ever, if you ever wants a sweet, sweet hot cider thumbnail, then oh God, you know. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I'll be having anytime soon. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to burn this bridge right now. Fuck you. I'm t- <laughs> Can I Listen. can I say that on this podcast? I should have oh, yeah, asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can <laughs> okay, do, good. You can, you can do swears on this podcast as long as <laughs> the, there's certain swears you can't do, but we haven't broached that subject yet. We should be okay. Depending on right. the. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised Mitch didn't. But well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair actually. Because how often I'll just say it. <laughs> you know, I should really like just as a joke, just in like other episodes, just throw in like fake bleeps and stuff to make. It oh seem sure, like oh this, yeah. oh this episode got a lot raunchier than I was expecting. But what was a little on the edge. About? Yeah, exactly. Um, folks at home, I just want to, I want to, I want to quickly make a piece, which I'm sure Kevin and Phil, you can weigh in on this whenever you want, whatever your feelings are on this. Which is, so the Bullet Time Podcast, we've done our best to kind of, you know, this is a retrospective podcast. We are covering these games long after the times that they were, you know, published, when, you know, they may have come out to say, you know, a critical reception, which, you know, in hindsight might have been undeserving. And a lot of these games have gone through additional layers of polish and, you know, technical fixing up, which has helped these games, you know, be reflected in a better light. And in some cases, you know, modern conveniences like, you know, being able to play some games with controller supports or in, you know, a aspect ratio that might be better fitting for them has kind of elevated these games in such a way that I think that, you know, it's given them a second chance of life. And I think the main point of this podcast is, even though it's the shooters that miss their marks, you know, that these are products that you can return to, enjoy, you know, years down the line and go, actually, you know what, maybe this game shouldn't have, you know, been forgotten by history. Maybe we should put it on a pedestal. And, you know, a lot of the people that we know, video essayists and the like, they've made a lot of videos where they've been, you know, defending older games and, you know, showing them in a better light. With all that said, Alien Colonial Marines is not one of those games. This game (laughs) sucked. This game has been (laughs) polished to a mirror sheen, but unfortunately... (laughs) It just shows the flaws even worse than uh, they yeah. began. Kevin, what's yeah. your fault? Uh, what was your feelings on this? Because right. I want to say you were positive on this game the last time I talked to you about it. Positive relative to what I think the context of. Sure. So I remember when I got into making YouTube videos and really interacting with the YouTube ecosystem. It was around 2015. And Alien Colonial Marines, I guess it was only two years uh, out from having been released, was like shorthand as like, ah, it's like the biggest fuck up you could ever, you could ever do. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a disaster piece. So I will go into, I went into it expecting that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I've played worse this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I don't know if that's like a, a condemnation of the state of the video game industry and the way things are released uh, today, or it was like maybe people doth protest too much uh, when this was first released. Um, 
Either way, yeah, I was relatively positive. Yeah, I could say that, uh, but in, <laughs> in relative term, <laughs> relative to anybody else's opinion on it. Because I'll say this as well. My expectations of this game were also tempered before going in. And a very, very initially, they, my, expe- my expectations were exceeding. I was like, oh, okay, this is, maybe this isn't as bad as was let. But then as the game went on, it kind of became a thing of, well, the reviews at the time were wrong. Not because the game is good, but it's actually worse in a way that people didn't really dig into at the time. <laughs> so I think it'd be interesting to, to, to I say, Phil, it's, I guess, interesting because, you know, it's funny, me and Kevin have done episodes of this back and forth. So I guess, like, you do have a YouTube. Well, you did You did used to cover games like, yeah. through YouTube. But I guess kind of from your end, how much of an FPS guy are you? Um, I, I don't... I, that's kind of a, uh, I, I can't answer that question without sounding vaguely pretentious simply because I, I don't think, I think FPS to say you're an FPS person uh, misses the mark because it's, it's sure. a, it's a, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know, because it's, it's a method. It's a medium. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. So sure. now if you're talking about in the traditional sense of like doom Wolfenstein, uh, you know, battlefield, uh, stuff like that, uh, medium low at best, uh, <laughs> but, but it's more stuff like say portal or mist or whatever. Well, like mist, mist doesn't have any shooting, but it is a first person adventure game. I yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, um, I've, I've got some passing experience. Like the Bioshock series is, is one of my oh, favorites. Yeah. I adore it. Um, I'm not like a Call of Duty guy or anything like that. But I will say for this in particular, I was excited to do this because uh, Alien and Aliens is probably one of my favorite franchises of all time. Interesting. So, so I was eager to get in on it from that point of view. And this is the perfect excuse to come in and like you said, like see if this is really as bad as it had been hyped up to be. Absolutely. Which does segue us quite nicely into the maybe the biggest question, the most important question I'll ask on this entire episode, which is, Kevin and Phil, alien or aliens? Alien. Alien. Okay, interesting, because mine is also alien. I thought that was going to... Aliens is magnificent. Aliens is magnificent. Yeah. But I, I... So it's my... And I have a theory about this... I also that, have a theory about this, but you, you go that, into yours first. Okay, so James Cameron, right, uh, I think is inherently uncomfortable with horror. Um, yeah. And tries to pull things out of horror and into action as quickly as he humanly can. Terminator, The first Terminator movie, right, he has a little bit more horror than than action, Terminator 2, straight up action. Ah, It's Arnold versus, it's a T-800 versus the T-1000. Game on, you know? Uh, Those were the the numbers, right? Arnold's a T-800, I think. Yeah, it's a T-1000. It's Arnold and it's, um, God, I can't remember, uh, um, something Patrick. Uh, Robert Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick, Patrick, yeah. So Arnold versus Robert Patrick. Um, uh, And so, you know, you look at Ridley Scott, and you look at Alien, and Alien is—it's got this this real ooh, it's like rubber band tension. It's it's great, mm-hmm. and Aliens is uh, it's 
it's bigger budget. It's a lot of, a lot of guns. It's, it's very eighties, you know, yep. it's, yeah. it's, it's more, it's closer. Aliens is closer to predator than it is to alien. Big time, <laughs> big time. which is, which is another one of my favorite movies of all time, <laughs> which hasn't had another good entry in its franchise until is last year. Oh, oh yeah. I haven't seen prey yet. It was great. It's very good. It yeah. was great. It was really, really good. Uh, the rest of those movies are not. So <laughs> no, I remember going to see the Shane Black one in cinemas and just kind of being like, I know he's a guy that people like, but if this was the only Shane Black film I had ever seen, which actually, yeah, it's that and Iron Man three are the only Shane Blacks I've seen, and Iron Man three is very good, but uh, the Predator, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't, I, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him credit after watching that. It was no. not a good film. No, no. And I think I think the difference there is that is in a matter of self-control. Yes. Uh, I think Alien like is is. Yeah, it's it's one creature tension using the darkness using, uh, you know, I don't know what their budget situation was, but it does it does functionally work as a low budget horror film in many ways um, in the sense of like using, you know, don't show the full shark, so to speak, uh, until we absolutely have to. And then when they do, it's beautifully effective. And it's basically edging the entire time. And then <laughs> Aliens is a release of pure id and painting the garage of just like, just like, it's all of them, all the aliens. We're going to kill everybody. Here they and just come. like, Here they go. just, just un- let it loose. And, and they're both great for different things. But yes. yeah, yeah. If I had to, if I only had one of them, then it would be alien. No, that's fair enough. So interesting story, I guess. Well, first things first, yeah, alien was also, would be my pick as well, but I'll say this, like aliens, maybe like in my top five films of all time, maybe like if I was just sure. keeping it to say genre, I would probably say that alien is like my favorite, like maybe sci-fi film or slasher mm-hmm. like sci-fi wise is either alien or danny boyle sunshine but like yeah slasher wise aliens oh sunshine is i haven't seen sunshine Sun- in so long sunshine is yeah. such a good film um and i was kind of expecting hopping onto the podcast and not to make any generalizations or whatever but i figured you two would be more aliens guys because it kind of feels like if Alien is like about nineteen late seventies, early eighties kind of you know, how Harold McMillan Britain going into early Thatcherism where it's just kind <laughs> of like these are all corporate people you know, these are just people doing jobs, but they are like in a decaying empire essentially. Mm-hmm. Aliens is all American. Like it might as well just be the alien might as well be wearing a cowboy hat. And when I say that, I don't mean that in like a in a in a, in a regressive way of like, oh, if it's He's, American, it's, I can't even be offended. He's right. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's no. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It look, it's it's a bunch of gnarly space marines coming. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's all everything about aliens can be encapsulated in Bill Pax Bill, Bill Paxton's speech to them on the way down you know risk takers heartbreakers you know all that shit and like just they're on their way down me and my superpower troops will protect you and da 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 that is what aliens is it's it's bravado uh and it's but uh underneath all of it it is also uh uh 
it is also a very terrific indictment of uh, what happens to your toxic male bullshit uh, oh, when the shit yeah. hits the fan, uh, no. which uh, this game f- fucked up on. So <laughs> the, the, this it's very interesting because we will because I think we kind of we can't talk about the game without talking about the film and like obviously. I'm sure yeah. there will be people who listen to this podcast who've maybe seen this film a hundred times. But the thing is, I've seen Alien a good few handful of times. I had never seen Aliens until we decided to do um, Colonial Marines. You're and it was kidding. Just, yeah, and it was wow. just one of those things okay. that like, I, had or, I had kind of already imagined it in my head of, oh, well, I know what this is. Like, this is uh-huh. just, right. you know. Because I think I had seen bits of Resurrection, and like I've seen Prometheus, and I've seen covenant and while they are not like well and i've seen jim cameron action like yeah terminator 2 i've seen that and like i know the evolution from t1 to t2 and it's like oh well that's what aliens is gonna be i was genuinely fascinated by the fact of and it's interesting because somebody had always told me that like oh terminator 1 was like he wanted to make a john carpenter slasher Mm. and it's kind Mm. of one of those things that yeah he was probably working on a micro budget he knew, well, I can't, like, I want to have this, like, interesting world building, but I can't push this too far. But then by the time he gets to T2, it's like, oh, I'm the most, I'm the highest paid director in Hollywood. I'm going to make, like, a war movie starring, like, five people is going to be, like, this astonishing thing. And that's what I thought Aliens was. Now, really funny, Phil, that you said it's not as good as Predator, because I have seen Predator, and I was watching Aliens, and I was like, oh, this is just, like, more reserved predator like because you describe somebody oh what's aliens and it's like oh a bunch of big d- tough dudes who you would imagine like would wipe out an entire forest get taken out one by one by something that they don't quite understand mm. and it's like oh yeah that's aliens but also that's predator but predator is so much more to the core of that idea of it's exactly what you yes. want which is i want to see the biggest guys you've ever seen on screen just get picked <laughs> apart by just something like something you don't even see on screen for yeah. like, uh, uh, like for most for of the movie you don't no. even see the predator <laughs> no exactly and you know the whole thing with predators is that eventually he kind of realizes oh this isn't brute force isn't going to deal with this i kind mm-hmm. of need to dig into something a little bit more kind of to my core essentially to figure this out yeah. whereas aliens i think is such a shocking thing in regards to and i say like so alien ridley scott you know made on a micro budget he obviously comes from this working class background funny enough though him and cameron both started off as like you know working class guy like cameron was a truck driver so mm-hmm. he probably watched alien and he went oh this is me in space like i Pretty know much. what these guys feel like where you're just on the road right. having right. seen your family in ages and basically like you're just thrown into this situation where like, yeah, you're thrown into this situation with this weird bug and you go, well, what? No one's going to help me. I have to help myself. Like, what the fuck do I do in this situation? You know, and all his friends are getting picked off one by one. Probably sees alien. And he goes, I love th- like, this is, I need to do something with this in the future. Yeah. And he gets aliens and it's like, okay, what if all those like decaying British businesses, like, you know, Leyland and BP what if they get bought out by a mega uh, like American conglomerates and so like literally Ripley wakes up and the first person she sees is what fucking Paul Reiser who's just Paul Reiser (laughs) what a face to see first thing out of the tube yeah man that's a what was it what was the um sitcom that Reiser was in 
Oh, um, uh, oh, Mad About You. Mad About You, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you used to see the guy from Mad About You. And it's just like, <laughs> but again, and, and they're, they're very, like, he's very canny with it because he is just kind of going, like, what is the evolution from Alien? It's that, oh, well, the Yanks take all this shit over and because they're so, like, full of spunk because it's like, hey, we're only a country that's existed for 300 years. We're full of bold ideas. We know exactly what we're doing in this situation to the extent of, like, they have their own army, like, as part of this company, which is, like, you know, such a shocking idea. But it's just routine to them. They go, it's, oh, it's just another book hunt. And it's like, it's, okay. it's getting distinctly less shocking as time goes on. Well, yeah, exactly. No, that's what <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's like one of those great, it's one of those great movies where it's, I can't remember who said it, but it's like, you know, science, like, you know, great are our messages from the future sent back in time to be interpreted by the present, essentially. And, like, mm-hmm. Aliens is such a thing of just... Like, you would imagine, like, again, the film that I imagined in my head was that, like, the Paul Reiser character would just be, like, an asshole, as in, oh, if people die, people die, whatever, it's all about the profit motive. No, the clever thing about it is that it is just so, like, insidious and kind of like, oh, well, we don't really want, you know, we don't want to cause a fuss or whatever, but, like, oh, if there's an opportunity to make money here, then, because, like, everything in Aliens, like, Aliens could be solved in, like, a couple of hours, but, like... They just go, oh, there might be, we could, like, imagine the profit We could still make money next. here. Yeah, imagine yeah. <laughs> how much money we could make. On, like, the fact that they, like, build, like, and obviously, like, Ripley all the way along, and it's just, like, such a great performance from um, Sigourney, where it's just, like, yeah, I, I've gone through, like, you don't have no idea what you're going up against. And I think it is such an interesting thing, because, again, like, the way people describe it, you think minute 10 that's where everything starts popping off. No, the right. thing goes on for an hour mm-hmm. before the aliens turn up. But then when they do, like it, it, like I think it is so cool that they're building all this tension and they're doing the thing of, oh, these colonial marines are just way more like built up and way more built to kill than any of the people were in Alien. Yeah. That when they're just thrown, like, like it's funny, like the way that I thought about, like the way that you could describe Alien is that have you ever seen that net? Like, I, you probably haven't watched it, but have you? Did you ever see the advertisements for that Netflix show, Man vs. Bean, where it's no. Mr. Bean <laughs> no. going up against? Okay, well, basically, it's just this entire Netflix series where it's Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson, <laughs> going up. Like, he's taking care of a house for a weekend, and there's a bee inside, and so it's like, okay, <laughs> classic slapstick, trying sure. to get rid of his bee. But that's what yeah. I thought about with Alien is essentially it's just like you're stuck in a house with a big B. And it's like, oh, what do I do? Like, <laughs> Aliens is like you're inside a beehive and there's millions. Like it'd be like <laughs> if they did a sequel. With, with the U.S. Army. Yeah, if they did a sequel to Man vs. Bee, but it's like a million bees. And yeah, it's the U.S. Army. And so... Not to derail, but Paul Reiser was 29 when they were filming Aliens. Oh, he boy. looks like he's forcey. Yeah, he's always looked that way. He has always <laughs> looked that way. I genuinely think it's something Man. that my mother has said before. It's just that just genetics get better and people just look younger every year. Cause, yeah. Yeah, he... I mean, I guess maybe it's the haircut as well. Like you know, it's, it's definitely it. the haircut that. Oh, yeah, the, the style makes a big difference. Full of terms, like that. Yeah, and that's the funny thing that I always like. Like with Alien, I've always loved it in the fact that it's the 1970s in space, and Aliens right. is the 1980s in space. Whereas yeah. in 
the only technology that exists is the stuff that kind of needs to of all they have warp drives and they you know sleep in fridges but it's like no but that's like believable stuff yeah and you know and all the computer terminals look you know relatively believable and stuff like that but yeah just just corporate 80s like u.s culture just exists in space and it's like oh this is and again, it's the classic alien. Again, like Jim Cameron just completely understood the original alien in regards to, well, yeah, these monsters are bad, but like the reason that this situation is so fucked is that we're in a hard space of the people that we work for. I mean, what was the was the bishop line? You the know, monsters are bad, but capitalism is worse. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we are the Walking Dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, he's, but you're right you're right it's absolutely it's yeah. it's true um, to the extent of like paul reiser releases two fucking face hookers to in seven for no well for the only reason of well i just wanted to get him back on the ship and it's just like okay but why and it's, <laughs> it's just like but oh why? i want to look good on my report and it's like yep for fuck's sake oh, just like everything in that film goes from bad to worse because i mean it's good it's one of those great films where it's just like everyone's running their own little game in their head and it's like okay sure this person wants this thing this person wants this thing and it's in that conflict that creates like really interesting situations more than the aliens themselves which mm-hmm. they're okay but i mean the coolest thing about aliens is just the fact that it's like you're just in their world now and they can fully lean into the uh, HR Giga stuff where it's just like oh yeah they right. just vomit resin all over the walls and stuff and they use it as camouflage and it's just like what a just like such a clever idea with it's that it's great it's great yeah. Yeah. it's like none of that stuff was an alien but like you know and but like again Cameron's just taking all these extra and like the thing with the he's expanding things a little bit yeah and mm-hmm. the motion tracker I think is such a clever thing as well in regards to just as a movie prop of yeah. How do you have like a stalker soundtrack of like? How do you have the jaws? You know, dude, dude. So you know and it's the, coming. Uh, yeah, and but, the motion you tracker. It, you make it diegetic into the film. Yep. Where, yeah. Oh Jesus! Like some. It's. I. I don't know. I was genu- I. On reflection, genuinely really impressed with Aliens. Didn't like it as much as Predator. Predator's more of a crowd pleaser, but. <laughs> I, I, I can. I can understand why Jim Cameron is. Oh, here's ten years and a billion dollars to make more Avatar sequels. You know what you're doing, Jim. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's shown what he's able to do. He's, yeah, he's yeah, built, He's he's uh, done an entire career of competent uh, film. You know, with Titanic yeah. and all that stuff. That's that's pretty much why he's he's allowed to do whatever he wants now. He can forever. do anything he wants, pretty much. Yeah, he's, Tr- he's True got- Lies is the only one that feels like a weird outlier. In his, like, he directed True Lies. He sure did. Yeah. Wait, I, I always forgot that. A cat. I always thought it was a cat from Bigelow because you'd think that oh, like they were married at the time, and it's about a couple. No, it's a Jim Cameron, <laughs> and it's one of and it's one of those classic films where you just oh, it was based on a French film from a year prior, and like they adapted it to the states. But um, no, Jimmy Cam's is uh, is True Lies, which I guess makes sense because it's Arnie, which is like yeah, well yeah, and also uh, Bill Paxton is in it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, which that says it right there, doesn't it? Is Bill Preston the guy in Aliens who sounds like Prince Pratt and has all the fucking lines of "Ah, oh, gee, oh, game over, man"? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's, that's Bill. That's Bill Paxton. He's the guy yeah. who sounds like a permanent radio DJ, and that's coming from me. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's my way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, 
He sounds like he's being, I remember as a kid watching, it wasn't, it was of all the movies, it was Predator 2. I remember, mm. I think that may have been like my first introduction to him where I was really paying attention to him. It was on TV when I was a kid. And uh, and I remember the way he was talking. It felt like compared to everybody else, I don't, I don't think I fully understood how that worked because I didn't know how movies were made. But it felt to me like he was the only person who was getting dubbed. Like he had a voiceover. <laughs> okay. And the older I got, the more I was like, no, that's just how he sounds. That's just his yeah. voice. Yeah. The late, late great Bill Paxton. Oh. Legend. Yeah, I, I, I do like. Um, what's the? Uh, is it Contacts or? Um, oh no, it's is it Twister? That's Bill Paxton in it. Twister, Twisters. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I get Twister and Contact confused. Considering that maybe they both, I think they both, they both have vans in them. That's like the nearest kind of thing. Ah, uh, they kind of. They I can understand. Like I, they drive I get about it. a lot in both. It's the same time period. Yeah, like same time period. Yeah, like very late nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was also in Titanic. Oh yeah. So so yeah, J- James Cameron kept you know bringing Bill Paxton back for. Oh, and he was also in Terminator, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was one of the. Oh, he's, yeah, one, he's of the, one of the. Um, he's one of the, the guys at the beginning. beginning. Yeah. Yeah. God, yeah. That must so have been he, like one of his first roles, right? Probably. Let's see. Uh, he's legend. He's in a lot of random, random things. Uh, oh, probably a bunch of Roger Corman stuff, I imagine. Before. I mean, <laughs> it was like his. His one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, <laughs> okay, it wasn't. Holy wasn't cow! It was like his. It was like his twentieth credit, but wow. his previous all his previous nineteen credits are pretty small roles. Right, like, and they're all probably he was just kind of. He was just like a working actor in Hollywood, yeah. just doing a bunch of stuff and pe- appearing just, in bit parts, just getting out I there and getting what, paid. It's a shame the Paxton isn't in this game. I will say, which it is oh, a shame. Man. It is a giant shame. It is uh, an enormous shame the Paxton isn't in the game. There are people from the film that are in the game, but I think just to kind of segue that nicely, which is I really liked Aliens up until the ending of Aliens, which is kind of tonally out of left field in regards to the beginning of the film is them gearing up for the jokey payoff of they all get fucked up. And then the second third of the film is survival, survival, survival. But then for some reason in the last 20 minutes, well, I guess Newt gets kidnapped, but then... And it's very weird, because, like, I had always read, and I guess this must have been something that was in a deleted scene, but the fact of his whole addition to Ripley, or, yeah, Ripley in this one was, oh, like, her child had passed away while she was in cryosleep. And yeah. so she felt like, oh, you know, I'm no, you know, I'm kind of, I just kind of have this feeling of loss as a mother. And as a result, kind of imprints onto New. And it's like meant to be this interesting mirroring thing between her and New have kind of a similar relationship to the alien queen and the other aliens, I suppose. But mm-hmm. that's completely like the whole stuff about her um, child passing away is, I think, is cut out of the main film. So as a result, there's this whole thing with her. Kind of imprinting onto Newt, which just kind of comes off as, her as oh, I guess we're both survivors, I suppose. But I, I, if if I could be a little, even a little more cynical, I think I think uh, producers and that sort of thing at the time would have been oh, like, well, sure. she's a woman, so of course she would imprint on the little girl. Oh, and actually, we don't need to explain yeah, yeah, yeah. it too hard to the audience, you know, which is a shame. Uh, but, but that would be my guess. 
And obviously with Jim Cameron, he's in this kind of, he probably might have even had a child at this point, because with that and Edward Furlong in T2, it's just kind of like, you got to have a kid. Kids are just innocent <laughs> from birth. They, yeah. you know, they're without sin, so you can have them reflect all the other characters. <laughs> put the, put but, them in danger, and it will. It, no one will be upset about that. Exactly. It'll get, it'll get reactions from the audience. But to the point that, that, that Ripley decides, well, I don't really want to go into the alien's nest because... One of these guys wipes out my entire crew previously. There's hundreds of them in here. But what I'm going to do is sellotape all of these guns together and and just strip <laughs> down to a vest and trousers. And I should be okay. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, I guess spoilers, but there were also sequels to Aliens that, yeah, she does manage to pull it off, but... That entire end section of that movie does feel like, oh, every video game for the next... 40 years will just copy this. Yeah. Especially down to to the escapes. Well, again, the escape sequence itself of the woman reading out, you know, emergency evacuation, please get away from here in like so many meters. The the countdown and yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, what is it? Metroid ends up using the. (laughs) Metroid Fusion, I am absolutely convinced, lifts those lines. (laughs) <laughs> of, sure. When when like there is a power, there's a bit in Metroid Fusion where like the power plant area o- is overheating and it goes like critical core meltdown. Please evacuate within right. this number of minutes. And it's like, oh, this sounds exactly like the one from Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Same sound bed. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, to, 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 just to kind of say that like maybe the kind of the beginning of the film is maybe a bit more sort of cynical on, you know, Ura, you know, big macho guys, you know, going in and blowing stuff away. But then the end of the film is purely just like, no, badass ladies going to go in and watch. Badass ladies are going to win the day. Yeah. And that's, it's, that's, that's all there is to it. You know, she gets in the load lifter and, uh, is that the first one? No, the second one. She uses the load. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like they do the the. I always think of this in regards to they write something in the script and then go, oh, we should set that up early so it doesn't come out of nowhere. Of her yeah. getting in the robot and you know get away from Piggy bitch and having basically a boxing match with the alien queen. But they show it earlier on. She's using it just to move like debris and stuff. And yeah. I don't know. Like looking at that, it's like. People think this is cool. <laughs> like just this big, <laughs> this big piece of moving equipment. It'd be the equivalent of her like getting in a in an excavator, like at the end of the film. You <laughs> yeah. Know? No, I think you're absolutely right, and I think that's something people have forgotten. Is the power loader is exactly what the name suggests. It is. It is basically just a, a, a robot. Um, it's a forklift. Forklift. It's a forklift. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> It's so, just a forklift that you can go inside, which again, right. Avatar, I think, is kind of a better evolution on that because it shows, like, it would have been better if, like, Alien set that up and then Alien shows up. And here's the military application for it. And it's just the same right. as that, but it has, like, a million guns on it or something. Yeah, you know, right. Which is kind and of what Avatar eventually does. Which is, which is what they did with the toy line. Uh, you could get you could get a power loader with like missile launchers and shit. <laughs> I think that's also part of it as well is that like I'm what again like bullet time. I'm watching Aliens like I mean when did it come out? Eighty six or eighty five? Eighty six. Eighty six. Eighty six. So yeah, I'm watching this like over 30, 40 years since it came out, and mm. I'm just enjoying this as like ah uh, you know a bit bit cornball, but like I've seen all the stuff that it influenced afterwards. But like I also didn't take into account that. This film, which was probably what I'm guessing R-rated, hard R, 
rated, I'm oh, guessing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Probably had a toy um, line aimed directly at kids where they yeah. blow out this entire universe and it's like, you could be like the Cologne. You could be like kicks. You could be like Paul they Rice. did. They they had an uh, they had a whole aliens and then later predator action figure line, and I owned every single one of them. Every single one. Every single one of them, and they so, came with comic books that were written by the Dark Horse people who were writing wow. the Aliens versus Predator comics, which I was also reading, uh, and I was twelve. So <laughs> you were reading the you were reading the books that uh-huh. were written by by Steve and S.D. Perry. Yep. Uh, oh who, my gosh! Close and personal friend of the pod. <laughs> personal friend of the pod, S.D. Perry of of Pixlet. Um, yeah. No, Alien. It's funny though because you mentioned the 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 load lifter, um, and it's almost like. So we get to Aliens Colonial Marines, right? Alien Colonial which, Marines. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is set after Aliens. It's it's a sequel it's a sequel game, so to speak, directly to the movie Aliens. Yes. It's it's a sequel, but it's also a remake of it's kind of a thing of, well, people want to play the video game, you know, they want to play the film Aliens, so let's just recreate all the cool bits from Aliens. Right, that's also pretty much was, exactly what they did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Aliens, Colonial Marines. Then, so I guess. I, so, just kind of up front, I played. I finished this game a week ago. Mm-hmm. I can't remember <laughs> the plot of Aliens. I can. I can remember bits of Aliens. I can kind of. I think I can kind of hack it together. So yeah. it's basically. So. so, so so Corporal Hicks, which we quickly mentioned, who's played by yeah. what's his face, not Paul Rice, uh, uh, Michael, no, no, no. Michael Bean, who's Michael Bean, Michael Bean, yeah, Michael Bean, great. He's actor. also a Cameron guy. He was uh, yeah. ca- what's his face in uh, Terminator One, but he was in the first Terminator movie. Uh, he was yeah. the best part about fucking uh, uh, Tombstone, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was amazing. He's, so he, it's only him. Uh, Sigourney Rita Ripley and Newt, and I guess Bishop the Android, who survive at the end of Aliens. Yes. Right. And then in the film Alien Free, which we won't have to go into, but that's like a much kind of a more darker incident. By the way, what are your thoughts on... They all die off camera. Yeah. Yeah. What are your your thoughts on Alien Free? Um, Not great, but uh, in in the shadow of uh, Alien Resurrection, a masterpiece. Mm. Okay. Uh, I, hey, but only I, one I, of these movies had Ron Perlman in it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, it's just <laughs> it's truly it's truly. I'm Kevin and I are old enough to remember when Return of the Jedi was the shit Star Wars movie. Uh, when that was the one everyone <laughs> shat all over, and we went, "Ah, Jedi." Well, fuck Jedi. It's all about Empire, right? Uh, right. Uh, and then and then cut forward twenty. 30 years and everyone is just like turn of the Jedi is a, a masterpiece. It's beautiful. I, I loved it. I loved every second of it because we have the prequels and we have the Disney movies and, mm-hmm. and it's just so, so it, you forget all about that and you go, well, I don't know. I, pff, I, I didn't appreciate what, what I had, man, that, that <laughs> yeah, alien three had did. some tense moments. It had some really <laughs> tense moments. <laughs> Because that is how I feel about Alien Free, but also kind of from the oh, it's Fincher's first movie. You can just see like all his fingerprints over yeah. it in regards to being a visual guy. But he was just 
well, I don't know. You like you read into it, and the script was a mess and stuff like that. And it was just like, well, just, yeah, as a film buff, it is it is fascinating. Watch for that very reason. You know, you, yeah, you go, there, oh, wow, there is cool. so much weird stuff about the production of Alien Three, and we don't have to go into all of it. But it was like it was like Michael Bain and Lance Hendrickson were the ones that were like. It was like basically the idea was the franchise was going to pivot away from Sigourney Weaver at one point mm-hmm. and move towards Michael Bain and Lance Hendrickson um, yeah, and like some sort of alien invasion of Earth. And they used that. Some of that stuff gets that stuff was in some of the scripts and gets later used for the comics. I believe you mentioned. Yes, they made, a, they made a comic version of it. Yeah. They made a comic version of that. But basically the the concept was like. Oh well, we have Sigourney Weaver, we have Ellen Ripley, and and we're probably going to continue the franchise beyond Alien Three with Lance Henriksen and Michael Bain, like with right. the idea that they will be alive in Alien Three and make it to the end. That was like the the behind. That was like the studio talk at the time, yeah. and then it was like there was the script was such a cluster that they end up yeah. killing. Uh, Michael Bain, uh, Lance Hendrickson, and Michael Bain's characters. Well, he, Bishop off. gets like a cameo. He gets kind of a little cameo, right? It? Bishop, yeah. and that's the thing is like Bishop is a is a is a. I was going to say a replicant. Jesus An Christ. Well, actually, actually, it's the same universe. It is the same universe. It's actually the same. Oh yeah, universe. Like, yeah. Ridley Scott did say that, didn't he? He was just like, <laughs> yeah, they're both set in the same universe. I know because I directed both. Fine, Ridley. Fine. 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 <laughs> my favorite. My favorite. Did you ever read that Ridley Scott interview with IGN where he starts like ha- like halfway through, he just has like an episode and he just starts talking about um fucking Beavis and Butthead. No, no. Oh, it's so fucking. Like they ask him about the um. Oh, does um seeing the unicorn mean that he's a replicant? And he's just like, hey, listen here, okay. Because here's the thing, right? I like. I have you ever seen Beavis and Butthead? Because I'm a big fan of it. And the thing with that, and it, it's just like he starts rambling off on like on about Beavis and Butthead, and that has something to do with the final cut of of Blade Runner. I don't know. Yeah, Beavis that's and amazing. Are uh, canon in the uh, in the aliens? Yeah. Uh, slash well, I mean, Blade whatever you thought about whatever you thought about the ending of Blade Runner, he's like he sets it in stone with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So I yeah. mean, that's yeah, I suppose that's true. Isn't it? It's but yeah. Really, I find um, an interesting guy in regards to I like half the stuff he's made, but like. I don't know. He's had a lot. That's of- how I am with a lot of my favorite artists in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People that I'm like, oh man, when they're good, it's magnificent, and when it sucks, it is garbage. And I think that's good because it shows that they made a choice. Like that's yeah. that's I think that's my uh, my uh, explanation yeah. for it. Anyway, and my hot my hot take is I consistently like liked his brother's stuff more than oh yeah uh, tony Tony Mm. scott was just a way more crowd pleasing (laughs) director i mean what deja vu um, man on fire like all uh, unstoppable his last three films are like absolute all-time like just action masterpieces wasn't wasn't it also didn't he also do long kiss goodnight uh he did did. yeah and that's another shane black in it yeah yeah, God. Oh, yeah, like his 90s run of, yeah, like Long Kiss. Didn't he? Um, no, no, no. Sorry. That was Rennie Harlan. Oh, uh, no. Similar. But you know what I'm thinking of? Um, <laughs> isn't uh, Natural Born Kid? No. Is it Natural Born Killers or is it? What's the one with Christian Slater and it's written by Tarantino? Oh, True Romance. 
Isn't Tourette. that a Tony skill? He, that is. There we go. That is. There it is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you notice, uh, <laughs> ladies and ladies and gentlemen, and and kings, queens, and emperors, and those of you, to borrow a line from Dark Fry, uh, those of you who have defended a, def- a defeated gender in single combat. Um, if you notice, we are on minute 50 something of the podcast. <laughs> we, can, we can important. barely force ourselves to talk about aliens, colonial Marines. Um, instead we're talking about Ridley Scott's brother, Tony. Yes. <laughs> Tony right, so Scott should have also directed Rid- aliens, colonial Marines. There you go. <laughs> All right. I'm going, also, if we're going, if we're actually going to be getting into the game, I need to refill my wine. I'll be right back. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> We will get into the game. Don't worry. Yeah, no, you're, no you're, problem. You're, you're busy guys. So. <laughs> oh, we got to you... set up context, and we also got to talk about aliens. That's the thing. That's what we got to talk about, about aliens. Yeah, his last movie was Unstoppable. Unstoppable, taking of Pelham one, two, three. He did two. Oh yeah, train he did movies. the Pelham remake, didn't he? God. I yeah. Uh, Deja Vu, Domino. Uh, oh, Man yeah, on Fire. With, um, Kira Knightley in it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, he did a short called Beat the Devil. Uh, Spy Game. Uh, Enemy of the State. The Fan. Yeah. Uh, Crimson Tide. Oh, Crimson uh, Tide. Yeah. That was a Crimson Tide and True Romance. Last Boy Scout. Last Boy yeah, Scout. He, there we go. And uh, uh, Beverly Hills my- Cop Part he- 2. Nice. He did do Man on Fire, though, right? He did, yeah. Oh, okay, and he good. he also directed Top Gun. God, Days he of, was, uh, didn't, he, didn't he do Days of Thunder as well, or do I just imagine that he did that because Days of Thunder is like a weird alternate universe sequel he to also, Top Gun? He also oh. did Days of Thunder, yeah. There we go. God, he had, he, yeah, no, it's official. Tony Scott has had more bangers than Ridley has. he's got to have made more money Ridley's also made like three times the amount of films because he had like two films out last year like he had um, not The Duelist because that's like an ancient film Um, The Last Duel or whatever it's called which has like Damon and a couple of other people in it and apparently that wasn't too bad but he also put out House of Gucci the same year and that that, I mean the film's trashy because the story is trashy but it is such like it, it is not a Ridley Scott like you like I, I. It is such not a Ridley Scott film. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it is now is Ridley Scott film, Aliens, Colonial Marines. So, um, God, what's the, so, so? What is the plot of this? So the uh, plot of this basically, game is- yeah. Was it Hicks? They get a message from Hicks saying, "Hey, come to LV for two, twenty, right? Four two eight. What's oh, yeah, 428, yeah, because it's the 28th of April is Alien Day, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 428. Yeah, LV-428, the planet that the uh, Nostromo had originally uh, stumbled upon. Is that, am I yeah, getting my alien lore yeah, correctly? Yeah, that's right, yeah, that's the planet that they go to in Alien, and then in Aliens, it's, it's just there's like, like a, just, just like a, you have to blow up the planet, and it's like, we can't do that. We've just set up Haley's Hope on it. She's like, what? And it's like, yeah, we did. We, we've set ago. up a town on it. We built a yeah, town well, on you LV-428. Were <laughs> we set up a planet. <laughs> well, you should, check, you should check the town, see if it's okay. We're not doing that. Oh, by the way, the town's gone offline. Oh, I guess we better check the town then, doy. 
awesome. so yeah, it was a colonial Marines. They're like, ah, there's shit happening. And the colonial Marines are like, we're on the way. And they're they on the, the way. Sulaco, the, the ship from the ship that they go to in aliens. They go, they yeah. have to go and check out what's happening. with the the, What's, what's up on, what's going on on the Sulaco. And, uh, then the first couple, the first bunch of levels are just a mind-numbing <laughs> mess of of hallways uh, <laughs> right, right, right. on a so ship. Quick, so, so, quick question then. First things first. Do either of you remember the name of the character that you play as? Uh, Winter. Winters. Okay, Winter yeah, or no, Winters. I, I couldn't. I couldn't Winter, remember something like that. Winters Winter, sounds yeah. about right. And he has a friend who looks like a biker where he wears a do-rag and he has like the little um yeah kind of the handlebar mustache yeah. yeah um but i can't remember his name i'm just gonna call him buzz he looks like a buzz sure so, buzz but, sure buzz and, and then there's bella who bella. is the yeah. girl that you're trying to save the marine who who was like clearly face huggered and she's like, oh, I'm fine, though. And they're like, no, you're not. And she's like, I'm fine. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I'm going to be fine up until I'm not. I do remember that, where they go and save her. And then oh she's God. not. And then they go. She's very quickly not okay after that. She's like, you know what? This is this is Wayland. This is Wayland Yutani's fault. We're yeah. going to go take the water then. And it's like, okay. Um, the first five minutes of this game are bonkers in regards to so people at home who haven't played this but may remember the fucking advertising around this game because this is like this is maybe like one of the more notorious games that we're covering in regards to like missing its mark because is it it's either this game or it's dead island that i think did didn't it invent the term bullshot as in bullshit screenshot kind of video shot things where <laughs> did it they put yeah no i think it's this one it was called by oh, i think funny. i want to say stephanie sterling coined it the destructoid but it was one of those things where they put together a vertical slice kind of you know then it then it was probably this one because because they yeah. absolutely fucking hated this game so yeah because <laughs> yeah. oh yeah no and we'll, we'll go into that but we'll also go into this vertical slice as well because it's such an interesting little story which is the beginning of this game is you walk out you just you land you start the game in a lot in a men's locker room which i always think ah great place for a game to start men's locker sure room. super mario 64 peach's castle the legend of zelda you know kakariko village men's locker room men's locker room class- yeah, absolutely um you're then told right head over to the slarko nothing bad will happen you walk across the bridge and literally a second in the bridge explodes in spectacular fashion. This is the first thing that happens in Aliens Colonial Marines is a bridge explodes and you go, (laughs) oh, okay, cool. And then, like, just shit hits the fan, like... Well, actually, no, it doesn't... Okay, so here's the actual... All right, all right, okay. So here's a really interesting thing with this in regards to when I thought the game was going to be good at the beginning, which is... So the bridge explodes, which is really stupid. That wasn't the thing, but... It's when you go inside and you see that things are fucked up and they go, there's somebody in lo- alive in there, go and find them. And mm. you start digging in and then you eventually you go to their men's locker and it's yeah. covered in it and it's covered in alien resin and you're like, okay, interesting. And there's a guy <laughs> in the wall. <laughs> it's just like the yeah. fact that you're laughing about you, going from locker to locker. Yeah, you, you just go from one locker to another and yep. that's that's normal. That's normal. And, 
And the guy sure. says be and the guy says be quiet, but you're trying to be quiet and your motion tracker just starts binging and you go, Oh, I know what that means. <laughs> and they throw you in a situation where there's this tight little arena, like completely pitch black. And I'll say this as well. Um usually I'm a bit of a cheat with games like this where they tell you to like every single game for the past like so fifty turn your years darkness all the is, way is down is to so pitch so black. Yeah. Yeah, until you can't see the I don't know, the alien giving a thumbs up or whatever. But I go, ha no, <laughs> I'm gonna put it I'm gonna <laughs> I, I, no, I've had it nice and bright. But not in this game, because the UI is tuned that if you put it any if you put it too bright, the UI just completely blinds out and it's like, okay, yeah. no, I have to talk in a um, so this room is genuinely pitch black and they basically throw you into a single super tight arena with a single alien. And because this is the most polished version of this game that currently exists, is the PC version, they fixed all the bugs and the code and stuff like that. It's just you versus a single alien. And I went, oh, this is really neat. Like this, cause I, like, sure. um, I like alien and I really like alien isolation, which yeah. If, maybe if this felt, isn't bad. Yeah, yeah. M- maybe this has got some. And then you immediately walk into the next room where it's a giant fucking hangar where the ship you're about to get on explodes and then there's a hundred aliens and it's like, oh, this is the rest of the game. Huh? This is it. This, this is, is it, it, baby. There's just going to be waves and waves of aliens coming at you, coming at you. Sometimes and- it's in kind of boring large rooms and then sometimes it turns into a corridor shooter and it's really funny because... Well, but that's the thing. You do have moments, other moments like that throughout the game of like a couple of aliens hiding stuff, but they don't like get you ready for it. You go straight from like mowing them down to like, wait, where the fuck? Oh, great. I can see one of their tails hiding. It's it's one of these things. And and you have to adapt your style of play. Yeah. Uh, on the there, on the spur of the moment, it's not as fun as it sounds. There is oh, so many, and that's the the other thing is like you could actually probably play the game without the motion detector. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, I did. Out. I didn't. I didn't realize you could use it. No, until, I, like, so, like so literally, after like a while, the last I, chapter, I, I, I couldn't pull it out. But the UI would ping up with the um, you know, the motion tracking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you should matter. take it out now and be like, okay, well, that just oh, tells I me. Just, right up until the last level, I took that as just there are aliens coming. Uh, yeah, so you I, can. The motion detector only gives you like a half second heads up of the direction they're coming from, basically, if you're right. using it. And that's about it. And sometimes there was one, uh, I remember one, it's later in the game, it's one of the arena shootouts where you have a bunch of aliens where like you need to kill all of them in order to move on. And, but one of them is like glitching out somewhere. Uh-huh. And it's just like everybody's just like, you hear the barks in the background from the other people where they got to shoot, shoot the bug. And we're like, got to get it. And I'm like, I'm looking for the bug. I, where is it? And I have the motion detector out and it's like, this isn't telling me anything. And then I oh. found it. It's like partially glitched into a wall and I killed it. But it took me like five minutes of just walking around a poorly lit room with a flashlight that does nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the the flashlight in this game is not great. It is uh, it, it, this game was giving me like Doom free flashbacks at a few points where it's, <laughs> it's kind of like, sure. and it's kind of funny anyways because it's just kind of thinking of all the games that like Aliens inspired, and now a- now they're making a Colonial Marines game, which is like so inspired by other FPS games. The way I described this to somebody else playing it was that especially the corridor stuff was like 
the first level of Halo Combat Evolved, where you're on the Pillar of Awesome and it's all corridor shooting, just never ended. Mm-hmm. There's never the Wizard of Oz moment where you go to the Halo ring and it suddenly turns into an open world game and it's like, oh, this is fa- this is fabulous. I'm so glad I had this tutorial. No, it is just <laughs> nonstop yeah. gruel for the entire. G- it is. It is gray and it's it's dark like, and metal. It's dark. There's a lot of dark. There's a lot, a lot of dark. dark. Uh, our friend, uh, our mutual friend, uh, Aaron Hess over at um, Oops All Monsters mm. uh, would often talk about movies in this genre as blue, wet metal. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it's like you, you can tell uh, you can tell how 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 good the movie is by the ratio of blue to wet to metal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what's, and what's the perfect ratio, I guess, in that? I think it's you know. I think you got to I think you just got to hit that one to one to one. It's got to oh, that okay. metal's got to be blue. It's got to be wet and it's got to be even. And that's the, the problem with aliens, colonial Marines, is that there's too many too much dry. There's too much, yeah, there's too much LV four four oh eight. You know, you're walking <laughs> through the the dry dry planet, which does not like look like it should it would support any type of life. But no, and no. in every other instance of being on that planet, by the way, in other yeah. media, you have they have full Evo suits on as they go through, and then in this, it's just like. It's fine now. We're all fine here. Thank you. Thank you. How are How you? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I mean, obviously that's part, part of the joke of aliens is that, yeah, like, of course, Whalen would just fucking set up a colony on the ugliest, most, like, unhospitable planet. Like, it wouldn't even matter if there were aliens on it. It's just... Yeah, it's like, why, why go there? <laughs> and... And that brings up like one of the big controversies with this game was that like a lot of uh, uh, spectacular flops uh, in this time period, they had released all of these beautiful images of, oh, how detailed, oh, how beautiful. We're treating this franchise with respect, which partially came out of the fact that around the same time, uh, uh, I'm sorry, who's the, uh, who was the developers of this who bought the Gearbox? Rights? Gearbox. Uh, what, what, no, no, but uh, the oh, publisher. Owned- Oh, Sega. Yeah, yeah, Sega. Sega had purchased the rights to these, and it said, we're going to make you a kick-ass FPS aliens game, and we're going to make you a badass RPG alien game. And everyone was, (laughs) and and, and it was... uh, um, Obsidian. Obsidian. Obsidian was going to do, and I, I was a giant Obsidian junkie, and they canceled that one, and so everyone's depressed but like well but look at these pictures look how good this is going to be they really do respect this franchise and they really do care and i don't give a shit about visuals in my games some of my favorite games look like hot garbage uh uh, i don't care but it really was a true bait and switch kind of moment and this game isn't just mediocre based on like comparing it to what it was supposed to look like it's an ugly game it is oh yeah Piss poor graphics. It is not good. For 2013, so, it is it is so boring. Yeah. Like you have this is this is six years, what, five or six years after Bioshock. Yeah. Um this is uh, the same year as Bioshock Infinite. Seven. This is, this seven is the same years year. Bioshock. Yeah, this is so this is the same year as Bioshock Infinite. And so uh say what you will about Bioshock Infinite. 
uh, in terms of uh, a lot of the other bullshit. I mean, Phil and I have talked endlessly about Bioshock <laughs> Infinite, and and we had we had uh, Evelyn from I Am Error on to talk yes. about Bioshock Infinite on an oh, episode. Um, and we, so, because we really got into it on in that specific episode, we really got into Bioshock Infinite. Say what you will, looks amazing, like stunning, oh, okay. gorgeous, gorgeous. Infinite is like that's a game that I have a really complicated relationship with, and like I've softened and warmed on it, but I still think it's like a fucking disaster, like across the mm. board. The visual, <laughs> the, 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 but the visuals in that game are like immaculate, like mm-hmm. even on a not just on an aesthetic level, but just how they tie into every. Like it isn't just oh, it has a good art style, but it doesn't clip with anything. No, everything fits together with it. But yeah, and here's the thing. Both made in exactly the same engines, Colonial Marines yes. and Infinite. Both made in Unreal Engine three, which and I have to believe that Colonial Marines had a bigger team. I, oh, I yeah. just, I, yeah, I mean, for Christ's sake, like, you want to. So you want to you want to hear some dev stories then about Aliens, Colonial Marines? Because uh, yeah, oh, I got a few. I, I've done some research on this, so I guess so. First things first, let's start with the people who developed it, which. So Gearbox didn't actually develop this game, but we're going to get into that in a oh, minute. Oh, I forgot about this. Okay, yeah, go, go, yeah, go. Yeah, this is, this is a funny story, but let's start with so Gearbox. Founded in Frisco, Texas, 1999. Former 3D Realms developer Andy, Pat, Randy Pitchford and Brian Martell decide to start with three of us. And the first things they do are a bunch of uh, Half-Life expansions, uh, Blue Shift and uh, Opposing right. Forces. And they also do the console ports uh, for the Dreamcast and for the PS2 of the original Half-Life. So... They're getting in good, and then on the flip side, they port Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 and Halo Combat Evolved to the PC. So they've got, like, decent jobs in regards to, like, hey, these guys know what to do, like, in regards to other people's games. But 2005, create the first original property, which is Brothers in Arms, Mm -hmm. which is, like, out of the thing of Medal of Honor, World War II games becoming big, and Ubisoft kind of want to have their own, and... You know, these guys are all like, you know, the Gen X kids of people who, you know, parents or grandparents went to war. They want to do their own version of it. And that's kind of how we end up with that. But probably not the game that they're best known for. But we're going to get into that in a little moment because Colonial Marines was basically when they were working on Brothers in Arms, they decide we want to do a tie-in game, like just something based on a movie. And Originally, it was either going to be this, or it was going to be based on Heat, the Michael Mann film. Oh, <laughs> oh man! I so, could still go for a Heat game. I would. I, 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 I would say no well, to a Heat game. Damn. I guess we got Payday, which does recreate a lot of stuff from Heat. Yeah. But I would have. Yeah. I mean, actually, considering how Aliens Colonial Marines turned out, I don't know if they. No, I mean, fucking I, up I just heat. not again. I'm not against the concept of it. <laughs> I'm just saying, if, you, no, if, if, yeah. if we want to go ahead and give that a shot now, let's let's see what we uh, let's roll those dice. Yeah, sure. But uh, Brian Martell, uh, Randy's pal, he goes to 20th Century Fox, and you know they also have to talk to Ridley Scott about, it, and they basically say, "Hey, we want to make a game in the Aliens universe. Here's our credentials. Hey, we ported Halo Combat Evolved. So we know games inspired by Aliens, so we know what we're doing." And yeah, they go for it. Um, so 2006, Sega come on board to publish it because, again, they want to get into, you know, kind of appeal into the West and, you know, like popular IPs and stuff like that. So it all just kind of becomes this big kind of melon pot, really. But 
um, to kind of keep up with the authenticity as well. They bring in Sid Mead, the guy who was the concept artist on Aliens, but also the guy who designed the light cycles for Tron is the one thing that I always oh. remember Sid Mead did. So, okay. but yeah, they brought him in to like, you know, design the, not the Salaka, whatever the new ship is in this game to make sure that everything just kind of looks appropriate. But they basically decide that because they're stretched between a couple of different projects, because they're working on the Brothers in Arms stuff for Ubisoft, this alien project's coming, but then they also have this other project that they're doing internally, and they go, we may need to go to a outside studio to kind of help us out with this. So initially they go to a developer called Demiurge, who are a support studio who worked on them. They work with them on the Brothers of Arm games, but they've also worked on like Bioshock and Mass Effect. Basically, these are the Unreal Engine guys. Because they decide on this game we want to get into Unreal Engine 3 because it's right. like new piece of technology at this point. It's got all this kind of whiz-bang. You know, they've seen Gears of War and they've gone, oh, we want a piece of that. So Demiurge helps them out with that. Demiurge, uh, they're still around, there, by the way, but they're now part of Embracer. So they're working under um, Saber Interactive. So it'd be interesting hmm. to see what they do with that. But they basically spend the first few years of this project working entirely on pre-production. And the big thing is is that using Unreal Engine 3 to replicate one-to-one the lighting and the look of Aliens, which I think is such a funny thing with what you said earlier, Phil, in regards to, oh, this game looks like shit, because those initial processes that they had were all incredibly fancy in regards wow. to getting, like, just yeah. making it look like Aliens. But here's the right. thing. Two years into the project, that's all they had was just tech demos <laughs> of the lighting and the modeling. And then something special happened, which was this game that they were working on internally comes out and it's Borderlands and it becomes an immediate mega hit for yeah. them. And they go, huh, rather than working on this Aliens game, why don't we immediately rush into working on Borderlands 2 while <laughs> this is white hot? And so because they do that, they don't tell Fox or Sega, but they go to a different company to outsource it. And this company isn't Demiurge. It's Timegate, who are a developer who, much like Gearbox, started off by... They started off by doing expansions as well, but their expansions were for right. Fear. Um, the, you know, F, uh, you know, F-E-A-R, the... Um, right, right, FPS yeah. Game. yeah. They did Point Extraction and uh, Modest Supper, you know, whatever those are. The, the spinoffs are called in that, but they also had kind of their own um, other projects as well. But basically, Gearbox went to them and said, "Here's what we got, guys. Have fun." And like, according to the developers at Timegate, they were like, they had basically Gearbox had lied to Sega because they had fuck all. Like, all they had done <laughs> yep. were these lighting projects for lighting for, demos. They just monkeyed around here's, with fucking withdrawing aliens and doing here's everything we have and it's just like it's like a small cardboard box like yeah. shifting <laughs> with just like some concept art after yeah. like two years and be like good luck guys <laughs> yeah uh, best of luck to you uh, in 2008 I, I didn't realize this but apparently this game was cancelled for a few months by Sega because they found out that fucking gearbox had outsourced it which went against their contract they were like no you don't do you're not that. supposed to do that yeah yeah but then apparently because the press around this game and what they've been hearing was so right hot they were like 
okay, fuck, we do need to put this back in production, but no more. <laughs> the money but that I'm keeping an you, eye on you. <laughs> the, the money that we gave you, do not put it in Borderlands 2. We all know, okay? But according to some court... Uh, no, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, I'm allegedly, sure they allegedly um, uh, the Bullet Sign podcast doesn't, you know, th- this is all conjecture. We don't know about all this. All conjecture. Some, We're not oh, saying this actually yeah. happens. But some I'm, court I'm documents did, yeah. did kind of Hint. say that that is kind of what happened, was that they the, funneled the money that Sega and Fox gave them for Aliens, Colonial Marines, and basically used it to keep the lights on while they were working on Borderlands 2. And basically oh, went to Timegate and said, "Here's a here, here you go, Tiny Tim. Here's a tiny sliver of gruel to get this game over the <laughs> line. Also, we have not helped you out with any other fucking production. Just so, make it work in Unreal Engine free." Yeah. With all that being said, yes. with all that sh- that 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 nonsense, I'm surprised that Timegate made a game that has a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. A lot of it was patched. Well, the beginning, middle, and then were already there, but a lot of this game did have to be fixed after the fact, which fucking sure. Sega lost a lot of money on this game. Oh, I am sure and Sega was furious. The shocking thing is, is that, so Timegate, this is the last project they work on because their own original IPs, which... Nobody will remember these games, but these are like classy bullet times game. Um, an FPS game called Section Eight, which was like this online multiplayer. Oh, it had a campaign, but it was an online multiplayer game where its two big selling points was the multiplayer had like objectives in it, so you did little missions while playing it. And the second hmm. thing was was that rather than just spawning on the map, you dropped in from space and could basically <laughs> like land on a person to kill them if you wanted to. But that was. <laughs> That was the big unique selling point with Section 8 was like dropping in. But, um, I like it. But That's um, amazing. Unfortunately, neither of them did particularly well. They weren't very well advertised. And plus they only wanted to call it Section 8 in the US because it was like a reference to like an army thing. But they were like, this needs to have a different name elsewhere. And their publisher said, no, it's just going to be called Section 8. And so as a result, nobody knew what the L.A. was when it mm. came out. Um, but yeah, they... Timegate spent a lot of their time just trying to optimize this game and like the main thing was this was an Xbox 360 and a PS3 game which Unreal Engine 3 as good as it was they had to do a lot of heavy lifting to make those work on those consoles very early on again what's it called Uh, Bioshock Infinite very good looking game but that is like one of the last Unreal Engine 3 games that comes out on those consoles because that's the year that like the PS4 and the PS and the Xbox One (laughs) come out so yeah. So uh, in in so BT Dubs Section Eight BT-dubs. is uh, in the U.S. It's it's weird that they would call a game Section Eight. Section Eight is part <laughs> was part of the 1937 Housing Act. Section Eight refers to low income housing. Well, in in the military, oh. a Section Eight is a um, someone who uh, mentally breaks. Yeah, I think that was what it was a reference so, to because it was meant to be like you're in the military, but oh, you, you play dirty. Yeah, I'm just, called- I'm just. Uh, it seems like it's not a good title either way. No, it's <laughs> not. So, it's not a not an appropriate title for a game either yeah. way. You know, um, it's not the hero you want. Because you but ever hear the, the one phrase uh, "Section Eight Housing"? Uh, yeah, that is. Yeah. 
that's what that's referring to. <laughs> Just to quickly wrap up then this development stuff, which is that, so game comes out and it bombs like critically and a lot of it commercially. Gearbox are fine because they rushed to get fucking Borderlands 2 out and then that paid off in their favor because, so according to Radley Pitchford, he did have to pay out like 15 mil to get this game over the line, but it didn't matter because they recouped it on Borderlands 2. So. Uh-huh. Right. They were doing well with that. Meanwhile. Good for Randy. Good oh, Randy. Good old USB stick Randy. As long as yeah. Randy's doing okay, then he everything's aces as far as I'm concerned. Randy Pitchford, who also got fucking. That was another thing as well. So not only did they have to. So towards the end of development time, they had to take it over from TimeGate because Sega was putting pressure on them. So they were developing that. And Duke Nukem Forever in house, which is a complete gruesome, <laughs> a complete gruesome twosome of just projects happening at this time. What a mess! That's just a that's that's about as and messy it, as you can get. Oh, and I find it shocking because like Gearbox might be an interesting thing to cover as a mini series on this pod, just because of. But it's sure. not even like a rise and fall. It's just kind of like a plateau and giant drop off. But the thing is, is that. I would really, sh- I do not like those Borderlands games. I would really struggle to cover those. Yeah, I, I played a I little bit. Find, they just I don't find fun. Borderlands particularly interesting. In yeah. any, no. Any. And then Brothers in Arms is Brothers in Arms. Like, I would probably have more fun with the, maybe the Half-Life expansion stuff and then Duke Nukem Forever. But we can always do Duke Nukem Forever as like a break glass kind of thing anyway. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's definitely its own thing. Um, that, that has to be its own thing, but yeah. So, but uh, just one last thing though, is just that like, there is no consistency between Timegate and Gearbox in regards to who did the most amount of work, which makes sense. Cause like, Gearbox isn't going to go, oh, yeah, we did fuck all and TimeGate did everything. Yeah. So they've come out and said that, oh, we did 50% of the work, whereas TimeGate said they only did like 10% of the work. So right. as a result, it's just very up in the air, like who was responsible for what. But right. it did get take, but Sega did take them to court over it and they did get settled out of court, basically. The, uh, so uh, this is, it's and it's weird. So Sega, you know, I mean, they... They also gave, they also hire Creative Assembly at like, I mean, what? Alien Isolation comes out the final, the following year, right? It's 2014. So, so Creative Assembly has been under Sega for probably a few years before that because they brought them on because of the Total War games, which it was oh, such a uh, weird they, period of a Creative Assembly owned by Se- Sega. Yeah. So it was such a weird period of Sega where it was like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog on the Mega Drive. That's all we're going to do. And then. Ah, uh, shit. Like, the Japanese side of the company don't know what to do. Ah, oh, the Dreamcast is a failure. Ah, we've become a publishing house. Fuck. And then they just do, like, Sonic games and Monkey Ball games, and then they go, hmm, why don't we buy all these classic British PC developers and see what we can do with that? <laughs> so they buy creative, they buy the football manager guys, but they also They pull a whale into Yutani, is what you're saying. Yeah, basically, yeah, they... <laughs> There we go. And it has worked there out really well for them because the Total War games and uh, Football Manager are just consistent sellers. Like, they will always do well. And, like, this is Sega in its post-period of, no, there is no East and West anymore. There's just games, and they right. do well in different sectors and whatever. But, yeah, Creative Assembly, they've discovered that, like, Sega has the Alien license, and they go, hey, can we do something with it? And they're like, 
well, are you going to do like an alien RTS? And they're like, no, 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 no. We want to do something else. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> and it's, fun, and it's funny because Creative Assembly did do a third-person action spinoff of one of the Total War games on the PS2, which wasn't very good, but it was like, hey, these developers can do other stuff. But yeah, they do Alien Isolation, which I always remember thinking, well, the RTS guy's making this, but then you play it and it's like, Oh, this is just fabulous. Like, this oh, is just yeah. such a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alien Isolation is definitely not a game that missed its mark. It's uh, yeah. it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it, game. It's a game it that, when it released... the shit out of its mark. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it released, the reviews for Alien Isolation were, like, really mean on it. But since, it's just got a ginormous reappraisal. Especially, like, in regards to... You don't get RE7, I think, without Alien Isolation. Absolutely right. not. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, Alien Isolation is the, becomes the, oh, okay, we can turn the alien into, um, it's it's less of an enemy uh, that can be killed, and a but more of a force to just yeah. avoid. And then you have, you have Resident Evil 7, which you know turn it does that with Jack, and then yeah. uh, the Resident Evil Two remake really expands on how Mister X, uh, yeah. Mister X becomes like this uh, X gonna give it, uh, he's gonna um, kick through doors and stuff like kick, that. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna. So I think that's that's really you know where it starts, and then hmm. it's like it, it, and it really calls into Alien Isolation coming out the year following Alien Colonial Marines really shows how big of a whiff Colonial Marines is because you have all of the elements. You have the alien. The aliens are there. You have the motion tracker. You have all this stuff. And none of it is used as any effective way to actually, like, and 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 most of the game is just like, as we already mentioned, most of the game is just this gruel, this grind oh, yeah. through hallways. It's like, it's just, the game is basically this hallway arena, hallway arena, hallway arena, with one interesting level smack dab in the middle where mm. you have to play uh, red light, green light yes. with these like exploder aliens. Yeah. Um, and it was like, oh, that's the cool, that's a super cool. And you have to make sounds that distract them. Mm-hmm. So it's like these aliens that their only job is to like run up to you and explode and be like, we explode. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a funny game in regards to you can see in a perfect world, this would maybe have the structure of Half Life 2 where. Every segment is way more isolated and way more like it has the Nintendo game of, hey, in this level, we're going to introduce this thing. And then in this level, we're going to introduce this. And like the exploding aliens, red light, green light thing is like, yeah, that is like the best part of that game. Because like I've done stealth sections and stuff in games, but like nothing quite like that. And it feels like it's fitting for aliens because it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you use the motion tracker and. You know, they're blind, so it is all kind of working on sound and stuff like that. But then, again, the corridor shooting is just one of those horrible things where it's the aliens-inspired Halo Combat Evolved and Doom and stuff like that. And so you've played this game a million times before elsewhere, and so when they go back to the world to do it for an Aliens game, you go, this isn't anything new. And your guns aren't like the best version of these guns. Your 
enemy AI is the best version of this enemy AI. This is just you've got the spongiest aliens in the world. Oh yeah, and and it's yeah. I think they should have just that honestly because I agree. I think I think the exploding alien section was really interesting, compelling. It lasted five and a half minutes, and uh, (laughs) I I remember it. out of and, the out of the game, that's the only thing I remember. Yeah, yeah, and 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 if they were going, I, there's a part of me that was just like, you shouldn't have put that in. You should, you it should have just been straight up swarms of aliens that you're killing with a little bit of story. I honestly think you would have made more people happier, not me, but more people happier with that than mm-hmm. trying to remind us we could have done something kind of clever. <laughs> we could have done something kind of interesting. Uh. uh we had the opportunity, but we just, we didn't take it. Uh, and I, so it's like, you, you might as well have just done, cause even here's the thing, the gold standard for making fun of stupid meathead video games is call of duty. You know, like yeah. it, it's, it's gold standard, but back when they did have single player campaigns, uh, you know, you play those, they're intriguing. They're the maps are interesting. The story's interesting. It's fun. Uh, it isn't just running down the streets of Dresden, you know, blowing up freaking Nazis. Uh, that's in there, and we all love it. But uh, that's not. It's it's more than that. And yeah. this didn't even keep up with that. Like it, it it's it's none of that stuff. I always think of modern warfare, where it's like maybe not a nice comparison to the way because modern warfare is made by a team that had. Three other games under their belts, but well, two other games under their belts under Activision, but before that had done a Medal of Honor game. So yeah, three games in at this point. So they had learned all these master tricks, but also Activision is like, oh, these games are consistent sellers. So uh, right, put as many zeros as you want on this budget and we'll set Like, Don't worry about it. And so yeah. as a result, like Modern Warfare, every single level of that, again, is some of it is just corridor shooting, but then some of it's arena shooting. Some of it, you're in a big plane. Some of it is like all gillied up. It's just a pure, quiet, sneaking, sniping mission. And it's like, it's all these little vertical slices of like, oh, yeah. like they, they could be their own games, but they'd probably run out of steam. But like, it's all, you know, working together in this really solid way. It's right. and the fact that the plot is because it's modern warfare, but because it's like SAS and like special forces. Oh, these are the do anything guys. So they can just go off on adventures and do whatever this is. You know, the old World War II ones where it's like, okay, we're playing as a Russian sniper now. Okay, now we're playing as a French resistance guy and the yes. hounds bounce around like that. Yes. But, but that stuff works. But, like, Alien Colonial Marines is kind of like, what's the what's the one thrill from an alien movie? Oh, it's being Hicks. It's like, no, because Hicks yeah. is one f- well. a quarter of aliens, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing is, and for those of you who haven't played the game, the the mm-hmm. wild thing about Alien Colonial Marines is that it retcons Hicks's death out yes. of Alien Three, um, what and it's like in in a remarkably weird way. And I'm sure there's like a an expansion that I did not play. It's right there yes. in the menu. It's like yeah. go ahead play it, and I'm like. After playing what I just played, I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> no, how about um, that? Yeah. No. And the other thing about alien colonial aliens, colonial marines, um, is that the there's like two two boss fights, pretty much. Yeah. And the the one is where you it's like you there's this 
bull alien type thing and it's like ah you gotta fight it and it's like look there's a load lifter it might you might be able to fight in that the end of aliens well again like that's the thing of people want to just replay the film right the film into set pieces except it's like it's like it is the most random fight it took me maybe 10 tries and I won because the alien, the the boss got caught on a wall and I just kept hitting it. And then I got an achievement for beating it in under 90 seconds. Oh, yeah. So nice. good. Go, go for me. Um, and then there's the boss fight at the end against the, the queen because the queen is out oh. and she's running around and she's the queen's running. It's so dumb because there's like so you. Dumb. There's there's a there's a there's like a cargo container, right, that you can just like go into and shoot the queen at it. Uh, You can shoot at the queen from it and you can just do ring around the rosy with the queen. And I did not get hit once in the final boss encounter of this game with the most fearsome alien that ever aliened an alien. Uh, I've never felt less intimidated by a boss and it's, and, and the, the queen is probably one of my favorite monster design. I'm a monster guy. That's my thing. And, and the queen is probably my favorite monster design of all time. And I was, I was geared up for it when I, I didn't, I didn't take for granted that we'd fight a queen. Maybe that's stupid, but like they mention a queen about halfway through and I go, Okay, all right. If if we get a good queen final boss battle, uh, that's not in a cargo lifter uh, for pure fan service, then then maybe <laughs> maybe we can give them a whole letter grade up. Uh, but uh, and it wasn't in a cargo loader, but it also was not. Um, what's the word? Good. It wasn't anywhere interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it was just so. like a junkyard, literally. Uh, yeah, where yeah. where you fight it. And I did. I did the, the 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 funny the fun puzzle version of it that you're supposed to do, where you load up the. Uh, uh, I don't even remember. It's like you get you go to the four different corners of the ramp and wait for the queen to get uh, on there, there and the, launch her out into space. That was and that part too. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. It was, it was, when it gets on the ship. Yeah, you, you just have to press the buttons. The first part. Yeah. I was talking about the first part where you're in the junkyard. But yeah, you you, you, oh, you do yeah, the with thing. That one, yeah. yeah, yeah, you do the thing, and you you got to move the ramp back slowly, and then you Man. launch her into space. And I think that's ultimately my final review of this game is that I was pumped about no matter how bad of a reputation this game had, no matter how ugly it was, no matter how ho hum the weapons uh, and they were. Uh, no matter how spongy the xenomorphs and they were, no matter how I spent half the game fighting other Whalen Utani mercenaries, who gives a shit? Oh, we didn't even mention so because I was I was surprised by that. I thought this game was going to be all aliens, but then they yeah. introduced human enemies, and I'm like, ah. Uh, and 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 look, I can I can forgive certain things. Like we all kind of gave a little side eye when we saw that the uh, the working Joes were going to be such a consequential enemy in isolation. <laughs> but very quickly, they showed you that these guys do not fuck around and you grow yeah. to be afraid of them. Um, but this, all, all throughout all of this, I thought to myself, I get to pretend to be a colonial Marine and that equals fun. No matter what, I at least, I get to fire the pulse rifle. That's pretty cool. And... By the time we got to the queen and I was, there was no thrill of seeing her. There was no fear of dealing with her. Uh, 
it was the most ho hum experience. And in the end, I just I was like I was like Kevin at first. Where I was like, this isn't as bad as as people made it out to be. And then the more I kind of ruminated on it and and sat on that egg, the more I went. It might have been worse, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's kind of what I want to get because I wrote a note and I wrote this note like right when I started playing it and this immediately got proven wrong, which was basically like this game does easily invite criticism. And like at the time, this game was like ripped to shreds by mm-hmm. reviewers. Like nobody liked this game. But like that initial section and again, just from doing previous, I mean, like this is this game is like the dark mirror to... Die Hard Vendetta, which was a game that also got ripped to shreds in the reviews, but that was like actually digging into that and playing that, it was like, oh no, this is just misunderstood. This is like a fabulous little thing that we found, but it is just undone by kind of clunky controls and kind of it looks really ugly, but like, no, this is like... And so I was ready to go into Alien Colonial Marines and be like, no, this was probably misunderstood. And then a note that I wrote was just that and this is only really going to apply to people who have played this game, but I'll try my best to explain it to you, because I know for a fact neither of you played this game. <laughs> Sonic Frontiers, which came out last year, and that is an open world... Uh, go on. Yeah, it's okay. It's, a, it's an open world platformy game in the style of, like, Mario Odyssey, but it feels like since Breath of the Wild, or I guess even since Metal Gear Solid Five, there's been this kind of trend of open world games where they're very about doing small loopy activities one after the other and you know the way that they built a map is basically ping from one to the other to the other and everyone's kind of experimented with this and some of them work really well like breath of the wild but some of them like sonic frontiers don't but sonic frontiers is a really interesting like you can use it as a lens to analyze all these other games and be like oh it's not that it's sonic frontiers when it does it it's bad it's that no this is just something that doesn't quite working all of them so like why does you know what is it about Breath of the Wild that kind of elevates it that you don't really notice it? Like it's just presentation and tone or whatever. And I was willing to be like that with Aliens Colonial Marines, where this is a bad FPS game, but it's like bad in the way that other FPS games in 2013 were bad. Mm-hmm. But then I looked at what came out that year, and it's like Bioshock Infinite, which not to bring it back to Bioshock Infinite, but that does have some interesting arena design corridor does like the whole the the hook system that it has is totally wasted in that game but the moments where it does click it feels great it's it's really great it's like like they described it as oh it's meant to be like the warthog in halo and it's like oh i totally understand why because you can use it to like because these levels are designed like super huge arenas that overlap Mm-hmm. You know, move to a different hot zone or move somewhere where it's quiet. Yeah, perfect. You you got the... It's just that you didn't quite know how to pull this off across the entire game, but that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, Battlefield 4 comes out that year, and it's like, say whatever you want about Battlefield 4, but it's like, as a campaign, leagues better than Aliens... Colo- like, Aliens Colonial Marines is just an example of... And again, like to get tap into... The critics were kind of right about this being bad, but the the things that they were hooked on were, you know, oh, it's so ugly looking. Oh, oh, I wanted to feel like a colonial... Oh, it's like, you know, all very surface level stuff in regards to, like, you know, just initial impressions, which playing this game in 2023, you don't have that anymore. Like, the game is still kind of dark and ugly, but they fixed a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But, like, actually engaging with this game as an FPS game, it is just... 
it is a bland sandwich. There is nothing there. And yeah. like and not even in a way of oh every FPS game was like this at the time. Like there were bad FPS games at the time which were just corridor shooters. But of course, yeah. Of course. This just completely wastes all the potential of its IP. Yeah. And even as a product from Gearbox and a product from Timegate, like the um the the fear expansions, they're good, but on Gearbox, as much as I don't like the borderline games, they at least turn Duke Nukem Forever into essentially like the room of FPS games, where it's just <laughs> such a it's such a fireball, you're compelled to keep going with it. This yeah. isn't that. This isn't like I was hoping from the views that this was a so bad it's like this had like jank appeal. Sure, no, this right. is just bo- this is just boring, bad. Like yeah, that, yeah. Like, that would be any, dull. Any yeah. jank yeah. that it once had had been patched out. Right, <laughs> that's the irony of it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Anything that could have made it charming and interesting here's, is gone. Here's a jank-free, plain vanilla game for you. Right. You go uh, and you shoot, and the aliens are there. Yeah, and the aliens are you, there. Welcome to the Aliens Colonial Marines. It's the most no frills Hemingway version of uh, Aliens. He went to the Aliens. The Aliens because were there. He went to the <laughs> he went to LV two four eight because LV two four eight was there. Yeah, or or, or whatever. I've but changed it's some, the number. It's somehow about abortion or something like that. It's just yeah, yeah. This that's what, that's, Aliens of Colonial Marines is actually about abortion. Is that the yeah? Is that yeah. the is that the interesting subtext that we found? With they us? all were. Yeah, they all oh were. My mm. God. Yeah. Um, I found a really. I, I. I'm just having a quick look at my notes, and I found something that's really wound me up because, yeah, I totally remembered this. They give you a flamethrower at one point, but they fuck <sighs> up the. They fuck up the reveal, which is, you give a person a flamethrower to then use against stuff that's really flammable. When does she get the flamethrower in the film? Is when she's about to go into the alien nest and remove all the resin and with just the flamethrower. Pop all the eggs. Yeah. Yeah. They give you the flamethrower in the game, and then you immediately go into a long fucking corridor full of human enemies, which a flamethrower is not effective against. No, it's so dull. Oh my god. And I was trying to think of what's the name for, like, because games do this all the time where they give you a cool gun, and then they immediately throw you into a situation where the gun is... You can use it. When they give you the BFG in Doom, and it's... like I want to call it like almost kind of like a birthday cake reveal, where it's like... yeah. You blow out the candles and like you, they give you the cake and then you blow out the candles. They give you the cool gun and then you immediately get to see what the cool gun does. Because like the BFG, yep. you get it. And then all the walls rise up and there's a million enemies. And so you just instinctively shoot the gun and then you see, oh, it just wipes out every enemy. And you go, oh, very cool. I'm going to mm-hmm. use this as much as I can. Yep. Metroid has exactly the same thing where it's like they give you the wave beam and then the- immediately you shoot through walls what was it, it? Uh, uh singularity gives you the uh the the bullet that you're able to yeah, remote yeah, control yeah, 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 yeah. there's a there's a, a scene in singularity phil where you, you get a, a sniper rifle but then you can remote control the bullet after you oh, fired it you and then, the bullet. yeah and so basically it gives you this moment where you're trapped in a room and there's like waves after waves of all these dudes coming at you so it's like it's like you you shoot it and then it gives you FPS view of the bullet and you can fly it around. Yeah, you can steer the bullet. And like, and like headshot people and it's amazing. It goes to show like how good Raven a developer are because you go through that room initially with nobody in there, but the way the room is designed is that it's a long corridor with lots of cover that the enemies are going to use, which is why then 
And I want to say, like, the room is also slightly elevated, so you are kind of in a sniper's death from above position anyway, so your brain clicks and you go, that's when I need to use this gun, is for that. Yeah. And then, yeah, you get the reveal of it, and it's like, oh, this is fabulous. Just what a, you know, just what a great moment with that. But yeah, they just fuck it up. They yep. fuck up the armor and the health system as well. They want to have it like Halo, but it's like, the way it's segmented is all fucked yeah, I don't know. They just this game's full of just like lots of, and it's not like down to, like fucking up a Halo style health system isn't because they ran out of time. Like that was an early right. on. Decision. It's just not understanding it, right? No, they fuck it up. It's not good. It's, yeah, geez, have it's you, a it's, real has, it, has anybody got any other thoughts about this game? I'm like I can hear like snakes screaming in the back of my head because we haven't explained the plot beat for beat. There is no plot <laughs> in this game. There's though. no real I, plot I, to speak of. They the go, is, they shoot aliens, they get out. That's all. You that go happens. on the Salako because you hear that the you think that Hicks is alive on the Salako. He's not. Then it's invaded by the the. the so even though you're the colonial marines, Wayland Yutani shows up. They also, yeah, you saw, yeah, Wayland Yutani also has their own separate military yeah, force. Yeah, the colonial marines. Mm. Whatever. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, you, if then you guys land... think that we've been meandering, play the game and you'll forgive <laughs> yeah, us immediately. You go to the thing and then Ugh. the fucking ship blows up and then you're on the planet and you, Bella you is infected. And you find Bishop. You gotta, you gotta save Bella and it's there's Bishop and then there's the other Bishop. At one point you're like, you think you're gonna find John Wayland's. Yes, the like head of the, the Whalen du- Yutani company who looks exactly Ugh, like Bishop. Who's Bishop, and yep. then, um, fuck, Bela, Bella dies because you can't actually save somebody once they've been infected, apparently. Um, no, the little alien, the little chest burster pops out, and then the guy who buzzed the trucker just <laughs> blows it apart with a machine gun. And then it pops that. out, and it, it does the Michigan J Frog. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime girl. And then it's just more hallways more until hallways. the end. And then, and, and then there's an escape sequence, and then you meet. And then Hicks is, they take a bag Hicks off the bed. Hicks is alive. Uh, Michael Bean said about this game that, like, he just phoned in his recording because like, oh, the, developer, yeah. Yeah. the developers didn't give a fuck, and he felt, like, that energy in the room. That being said, he also phoned in his lines in fucking Blood Dragon, so I just think that Michael Bean just can't be asked to like just do voice acting yeah stuff. yeah god um and yeah and then you find john whalen but he's also a bishop robot and so it's like in the end question mark stinger like we're gonna <laughs> take this water so basically whalen like there's oh, another no, the, alien there's another the alien end. queen that like they want they want aliens for some reason uh-huh yeah um, it's, the the end period yeah it's it's the end that's it I have zero other thoughts about this goddamn game. Oh, I've actually, I actually was was probably more positive than the two of you. But by the end of this, I'm like, no, I fucking yeah. hate it. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. The more you think about it, the more you're like, oh, the more you think about it, the more oh. it actually actively saps your your life from you. This is like this is like when we reviewed Quake Four, where oh god, it was dead low, then got high, and then just got like the the end of that game just completely sucks. Any goodwill it had built. And same thing. There's something in the middle where it's like, oh, there's something happens. Something interesting happens in the middle. And then it just sucks anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a shame. It's a real damn shame. 
This game has an average Metacritic score of 45%. Yeah, that is, that's got to be one of the lower ones on this show, right? I think it's the lowest we've maybe done. That so. sounds right. Uh, um, has Snake maybe, reviewed... Maybe has Snake, Die Hard. Has Snake been on a uh, one where he, uh, he actually hated the game yet? Oh, yeah, no, Hazen, uh, Hazen Home from <laughs> oh, the Revolution. Hey, okay, he finally finally got exposed to... Oh, yeah, to no, he's of, played a bad game. I think, he, I mean, I hate Hayes more than this game because Hayes <laughs> killed its developer. I wish this game had killed Gearbox. Oh, there that would go. be a okay, lovely story. Okay, maybe I'm angry with this game. <laughs> that would have been a lovely Hayes, story. That would have been I appropriate, Hayes at least. I wish hadn't killed <laughs> Free Radical before their fucking, like, hubris of... Oh, we're just going to rush out Borderlands 2. Let's just hand it to another developer and give them two years to turn this around. Fuck. Yeah. Like. Nobody nobody a, learns their lesson in this story. That's no, just how it absolutely works. absolutely not. Like, Borderlands 2 becomes a mega hit, and so is Borderlands, so they're ahead of the world. That being said, they mm. then do Battleborn, and Battleborn is a game we will probably cover on Bullet Time at some point. I yeah, completely is- forgot about Battleborn. Holy shit. Oh yeah, that was the one where they were like, "We're taking on Overwatch" or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, people just put them against Overwatch despite the fact they had nothing in common. They had nothing then, in common. I think it was just because it was very hero based. It was very yeah, it was a hero and, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and interesting. Then, and then Blizzard put them in the ground. And then the last thing about Born was when Randy, I wanted, to, I wanted to call him Randy Newman. Randy Pitchford <laughs> went on Twitter and said. You know, I've been on Twitter recently and people are drawing a lot of porn of this game. I can't tell you where, though, but just something to be aware of. And it's like... That's how you try to get people into Battleborn was, hey, people might be drawing Battleborn porn. So be excited, I guess. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This game game qualified. (laughs) Sorry. Fucking sucks. <laughs> this game qualified for the charts February 16th, 2013. Ooh, are we doing day. the let's do the game? Ooh, yeah, which I finally get to be way, in the game. Yeah, you haven't done the game yet. No, um, by I've, the way, I've heard it a million times. Small um, small anecdote related to my dad. Uh when my parents on my parents' honeymoon, they shared a cottage with John Hurt. Oh. The guy who Alien, the chest bursts an alien. The, the, yeah. the John Hurt, yeah. The hey, John Hurt, yeah. The John Hurt, yeah. They were staying in a cottage in Cambridge, <laughs> and he was their next door neighbor in the. Oh, that's building. wild! Oh, they went for dinner lucky. with him. Apparently, a uh, nice enough guy when you got to know him, but was very crabby otherwise. So sure, sure. I, sure. I believe that. I believe that one hundred percent. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing VG charts for this now. VG before we charts, start, VG charts. Do you want to take a guess where this game may have qualified? Um, if it, it, you said it did chart. If if it did chart, where do you think it would have charted? Uh, um, like ninth. Uh, lower than that, I'd say maybe maybe fourteenth. This game came in in first place. First place. This oh. was the best-selling game the week it could qualify of the 13th. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but yeah. it still makes me sad. 258,000 copies sold across PC, 360, and PS3. This was a yeah. huge 
day for this game, yeah. and then immediately wow, wow, wow. fell off the face. Yeah, of then the just dropped. Office. Yeah, right. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, wow. so we're so the, playing. We're talking. We're we're guessing two on then, right? Yeah, two two to ten. We'll do so. All right. Uh, in second place, second in its second week is a sequel to a EA original IP. 2013? 2013, yes. And it's a first sequel? It is a second sequel. So it is the third in the series. Okay. Yay. A threequel. A threequel. The end end of the trilogy, one might say. Uh, Is it... uh, Dead Space 3? Dead Space 3. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay, okay. Well done. Will they remake Dead Space 3? We'll see. Remains <laughs> to be seen. They should just, yeah, they should just skip 2 and just remake 3. Just yeah, remake man. 1 and 3. I see what people think of that. I don't um, know. In third place, and it's 14th week, so hanging on in there, it is the latest title in an annual franchise. It's a pretty big game. Oh, it's well. probably a sports game, yeah. It's not a sports game. Oh, okay. Annual. Oh. Oh. Annual. An annual game? An annual game. franchise. It is it. Is it a franchise that was that is currently not annual? But was no, the, at the, no time? the franchise is still annual. It's been an annual franchise for going on, God, I want to say 20 years at this point. Wow. Okay. One, of the, one of the biggest names in video games. Is it Modern Warfare 2? It's not Modern Warfare 2, but it is a Call of Duty game. Oh. Uh. And, it, and it is a game with two in the title as well. Not Modern Warfare, though. Call of Duty something 2. Did Black Ops have a sequel? Yeah, Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Black Ops 2? Oh, okay. (laughs) Shit. Kevin's kicking. You see, Kevin Kevin was always the historian. I knew he was going to kick my ass. That's that's what I mean, exactly. He's the archaeologist. You know, you remember. I I, I remember things. (laughs) So you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, number four this week, and it's 19th week, is another annual franchise. I'll give you a clue. This has sold 3.1 million copies so far. It's another, another annual franchise. Is this one a sports game? No, but sports adjacent, I would say. Sports adjacent. Is it... Is it uh, something like Football Manager 2013 or something <laughs> like that? Not Football Manager, no. Um, it's a Ubisoft published game. Ubisoft published game. Sports adjacent Ubisoft, Sports adjacent game. Ubisoft published game. Sports adjacent in that it's something that involves like active bodies, I guess. Bodybuilder Simulator 2013. Bodybuilder ah. Simulator 2014. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> um, Ubisoft, is it Assassin's Creed 3? Not Assassin's Creed, no. Um, think casual. Think casual. Casual. Oh, is it? Is it like a... 
Is it like a dance game? It, it, not only is it a dance game, it is... Just dance, Dance? It is Just Dance 4. Just Dance 4. For the Wii. Just Dance 4. Wow. For the Wii. I feel, like if I, I feel like if I gave you the console, it probably would have given it away. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number five in the week uh, list in its second week is a Nintendo DS game, a Nintendo franchise, and I would argue this is the game that put this franchise on the map. Put this franchise on the map. So it's a DS game, 2013, Nintendo. Oh, 3D, sorry, 3DS game. 3DS game. 3DS game. Um, Nintendo put the franchise on the map. I am going to say... No, it's too too late for it. No, no, it's... Not developed by... Nintendo internally developed by Intelligent Systems. One of their intelligence. Oh, that helps me not at all. Uh, <laughs> put this game on the map. Hmm. Put the franchise on the map. Oh uh, yeah, the, the franchise, franchise had existed for a while beforehand, but this was the game that made the franchise a mega hit. Was it uh, Fire Emblem? It is, but which one? No oh, idea. God damn it. <laughs> there's there's like there's so many of them there are so <laughs> many you know what? i'll give it to you then it is fire emblem awakening fire yeah. emblem awakening would At have this never point, guessed if I can, that if i can get one of them i'm gonna be really happy <laughs> don't worry we got we got more games to go hopefully <laughs> one of these will land I can get one. all i want is one at this point this is well why is he telling me that it was an old franchise because fire emblem's been around since the nintendo since the nes tr- it, on in japan and then it came over only to the in japan the and then it came yeah. yeah i didn't know that that's cool all right yeah um number six it's 20th week is a sports game I mean, Number six twenty. Madden? Not Madden. Hmm. FIFA. Not FIFA. Ah. Uh, FIFA's usually it's usually Madden or FIFA. Yeah. It's usually or Madden or FIFA, but this is one of the other this is one of the other ball sports. Popular ball sport. A popular ball sport. A is popular it, uh, ball. Uh is it basketball? Like <laughs> just- uh, yeah, I'll give you that. It's NBA 2K13. Okay, okay. NBA 2K13. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's 20th week. Uh, number seven in its 11th week, another Ubisoft game. Not quite an annual franchise, but now a long-running and popular franchise. And again, arguably, I would say that this is the game that made it a cultural, like, big deal and, like, a long-running franchise now. Hmm. Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3 came out in 2013? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, that Damn. Is the one. Kevin, I'm never going to forgive you. That's the one I should have gotten. Uh, God damn it. damn it. That's one of my favorite. Fuck. I didn't know it came out in 2013. I would have said Blood Dragon came out in 2013, but not Far Cry 3. I think no, Blood Dragon came out later in the year, I believe, as a uh, expansion pack. But yeah, but Far it did Cry come out, out in 2013. Uh, 
Oh, no, it's in its 11th week, so no, I guess if this is February, minus 11 weeks, it must have came oh, out yeah, right It came, came out in 2012. See, yeah. see, I'm not playing the math game with you fuckers. That's the problem here. That's the problem. <laughs> to be honest, that's, that's I wasn't the doing the maths on these either. <laughs> it stayed in the charts for 11 weeks. 11 yeah, weeks, again, well. like... Far Cry Three, that was the game that you know every like, game since. Because I know the, uh, I know the it's like Far Cry. It's like Far Cry and Persona kind of have the same vibe, where it's like, yeah, we don't really pay attention to one or two. <laughs> right, pretty much. <laughs> two, I haven't played one or two of Far Cry. Far, Far Cry Two is the one that's like the essayist choice game because it's the more interesting. Far Cry Two is like if Far Cry Three was a much meaner game, like Far Cry Three has to exist because two has a lot of great ideas, but it's just so fucking mean that nobody can interact. Sure. Yeah. Well, free free is a lot more of a smoother drink, but as a result, people go, wow, I want every game. Like a a, a tiny child made a wish to Jesus and said, I wish everything could be Far Cry free. (laughs) And now look at this. That's why we are there. And it happened, bitch. Tiny Tim's, tiny Tim's wish came true. Yeah. He, 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 he wished for Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 3 wow. became gaming. Gaming. It became Batman Beautiful. Arkham Knight. It became Beautiful. It became Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that kid, we owe that kid a lot is all I'm People saying. People talk about how like, oh, this game's ripping off Breath of the Wild and be like, motherfucker, Breath of the Wild's ripping off Far Cry 3. Yep. <laughs> it's ripping off a lot more than that. Yeah. Number eight in the charts in its 15th week is the fourth game in a long-running first-person shooter series. This is 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many weeks? 14. 15th. So it would have came out right came out in 2012. Came out yeah. Yes. Fourth game in a long-running first-person shooter series. Controversial release, I would argue, because it was a different developer. Oh, different developer okay um also when i say it's the fourth game it's the fourth numbered game they had done a couple of other ones as well okay so it's the fourth numbered game yeah um i remember what what happened in 2012 at the end of 2012 beginning of 2013 a franchise that you have covered on pixel lit no really halo are we talking about halo Halo 4. Halo 4. Oh. Is, okay. So Halo, Halo 4 was 343, right? They took. Yep, they that took was the first 343 game, and it was to be the start of a new trilogy, which didn't quite pan didn't, out. That didn't pan out at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. It was also like, it should have been like an Xbox One launch game, but they were like, actually, we're such a good developer, we can make this run on the 360. So it was like, yeah, okay. Now, here's an right, easy I got one. one. I'm good. Oh, you got two. Oh, you, uh, you, you got basketball. The ball that is orange. The well, ball game. This is going to be like the Flash and Superman racing around the world once I tell you this one. Number nine. And it's 251st week. <laughs> Jesus. Having sold 13.3 million copies. What do you think it could be? Kevin, <laughs> I, you know what it is. I, You've I done think I know so many is. of these that you know what it is. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. So, so it had basically you. been on the charts for like four years at it's, that point, something like that. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It is a, 
Uh, should, bo- do, should we do? Uh, I was about to say, Kevin, are you sitting this out, and we'll let Phil figure this oh, out. Oh, don't do that. You're, we're, we'll never end. It'll never All end. Right. Uh, um, uh, I'm going to give you five seconds. Four, three, two. I'll one. give you. Well, hold on. I'll give you a clue. It is a Nintendo game. No. Is it a Pokemon game? It is not a Pokemon game. No. Okay. It is a sports game. Is it Wii Sports? <laughs> Not Wii Sports, no, but it is a Wii game. This is oh. what this is your Is it Wii Fitness? It's not Wii Fit. Kevin put him out of his misery. Do it, uh, please. It's, it's it's the it's the sequel to Wii Sports, right? It's Wii Sports. Oh no no oh no 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 oh. no no Oh I didn't know what oh, it was. Both then. of you were wrong. So okay, so it's all still to play for. Not Wii Sports, not Wii Sports Resort, not Wii Fit. Fuck. Um Wii Sports, sports adjacent. Sports adjacent. Sports. We is this is this DDR? It's not DDR. No, it's a, no. it's a Nintendo game. Oh right, they didn't. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Nintendo published. Nintendo developed, starring Nintendo's biggest character. Oh, it is. Um, it is uh, Mario Kart Eight. <laughs> no? Not eight, but is Mario Kart Wii? Yeah, Mario Kart Wii. Oh. See, Seven, I literally the last I Mario think. Kart game I played was on the Super Nintendo, so I'm, I'm Mario. That's right. Mario Kart Eight one, came so out. For, yeah, yeah. Mario Kart Mario Kart Eight came out for the Wii U, and they've been milking that ever since. Yeah, <laughs> Deluxe came out on the on the Switch, and like they, it's it's like that's been the it's, final it's Mario. Been, it's been out for so long that they've added DLC to the Switch one, which is from a future Mario Kart game. They just put it back in the old one. Yeah, they're just like they're just like we're just gonna actually just we. It, I, I remember at a certain point they were like, "This is the final DLC for Mario Kart 8. and then a few years later, be like, "Here's some more." And it's all the tracks from the mobile game, which nobody <laughs> played apart from people. Right, and then finally at number ten, last one, all in it to play, you guys, in its second week, PS3 game. Mm-hmm. Sony exclusive series platform game. Platform game. A platformer. A platformer. And this is its second week, you said. And its second week, PS3 game. A franchise that started on the PS2, but this is its latest game on the PS3. Bubsy 3D. <laughs> Bubsy, Bubsy 3D. Bubsy goes to the James Terrell uh, experience. Uh, yeah. Rayman? No, not Rayman. This is the one that nobody really remembers, I think. Okay. Um <laughs> I was just thinking about that. What was it the that that launch title? Um but that was for the PS4. Um Oh Knack. Oh Knack. Oh god. Knack two. Knack. No, not Knack. So, no, not Knack. Eh? <laughs> not Knack. Not Knack. No. And it's oh, in its second man. week, so it's maintained some sales going it's, through. It's, so, yeah, it's it's well-loved slash unremembered. Well-loved. It's a um, Sony exclusive. Sony exclusive. Which would be... Um, yeah, go for your Sony platform characters. See what you land on. Well, you got your... Your Crash Bandicoots, but he yep. wasn't exclusive at this point anymore. Um, uh, who uh, you got your 
your Jacks and your Daxters, right? Jack and Daxter, but it's not Jack and Daxter. Yeah, they already had their second uh, game by this point. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't think this is the. Se- I, I think this is the fourth game in the series, but I could be wrong. Um, Ratchet and Clank. It's not Ratchet. So here's the thing: it's not Jack and Daxter. It's not Ratchet and Clank. But if you think of these studios as like the Three Musketeers, this is the third one. It's the one that people always forget. So not Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. It's. is it it another animal animal uh... it it is an anthropomorphic animal yes (gasps) oh i think i know what it is uh i think i know what it is but i don't remember the name oh do you remember what animal it is is it a raccoon it is a raccoon yes kevin do you remember the the platformer with a raccoon is it sly cooper it is Sly Cooper, yeah. Ah, teamwork, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> and I think this would be a bit of a stretch. I'll just, I'll give it, so it's Sly Cooper Thieves in Time for the PS3. Oh, I wouldn't have remembered that. Yeah, I just no, remembered, no, no, no. I just, you started asking for anthropomorphic video game characters, and my, I went, tick, 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 and just, Raccoon? <laughs> you went through the Rolodex and you might. Was it a crawdad? Was it Gex the Gecko? Gex, <laughs> enter the Gecko. James, was it James Pond? James Pond. Um, See, now James Pond, I remember. Was it um, Awesome Pawson? Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, Echo the Dolphin. Was it Echo? No. See, but Echo uh, the Dolphin wasn't anthropomorphic. It was just a dolphin. Just just a dolphin. dolphin. He's right. He's absolutely right. Just, just yep. a dolphin. <laughs> nothing <laughs> morphic dolphin. about that. God. Uh, Phil and Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Kevin, again, thank you for coming back for more episodes. Of hey, no problem. Phil, lovely to have you on. Lovely oh, have, it's great. Lovely to have both the Pixel Lit guys in the same call for the same game. Just a shame that it had to be Aliens Colonial Marines. Well, it was lovely talking yeah. about aliens, regardless. Uh, the, the next one that I want to, to help you guys out on uh, is another game that is absolute hot garbage. So, um, mm. So it's not going to change for me, and I've <laughs> yeah, already I've already mentioned it on Twitter. Uh, oh yeah, you did. We'll have to follow yeah. up on that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If only to talk a lot about music, because that's really all I remember oh, about it. Yeah, fair point. Um, but I guess before we wrap up, uh, lads, is there anything that you would like to shout out or promote while you're here? Yeah, uh, I mean, well, the Pixlet Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pixlet Pod, and you can find our podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. Um, and right now, we're we're doing a push to get people to rate us five stars, please, on on Apple uh, and Spotify. Spotify has that that rating system, and you know, they do. Yeah, drop us a five, drop us a fiver right down there, and I think it will I- really help. I just realized that your podcast kind of does. I know that you do what you're playing, which I, I won't steal that. That's your unique selling <laughs> point. But um, you do kind of sometimes do, like at the end of books, oh, it was at the end of the Water Power books, they would give you kind of like five game rec- yeah, five book yeah. recommendations. Yeah. What would be your five game recommendations on the back of Aliens Colonial Marines? Oh, I can do that easy. Um, oh, all right, Phil. Let's uh, Alien versus Predator. Uh, that Which one, one was, uh, the most recent one. I, I want to say it's just called alien versus predator at this point. They stopped doing the numeric system, I think for it. So um, here's the, do yeah, you want to know ahead. something really funny about that? Because I want to cover those games on the podcast. There's three games called alien versus predator. 
one came out in 94 for the Jaguar, one yep. came out in 2000 for the PC, and I think the PS2, then one came out in 2010 for the 360 and PS3, yep. all made by the same developer yeah. over the course yeah. of 15 years. And it's Nuts. great because the the conceit that they all have is you've got three separate campaigns, plays a predator, plays an alien, plays a space marine. I remember playing that one in college, uh, uh, or one of them in college, uh, and and you know, and the space marine campaign was actually genuinely creepy. And and, yeah. and um, after that, we've mentioned it before on the show, uh, uh, Alien Isolation. Yes. You know, that's that's just a magnificent game. I mean, yeah. that's that's in my top 10 games of all time, without question. Maybe in my right. top oh, yeah. five. I would probably also throw Fireteam Elite on there, which is basically... Yeah. Fire, Fireteam Fire Elite is basically Colonial Marines, but good. Yes. Is, Kevin and I literally have only twitched together once, and it was to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> it was I'm trying fun. To, I'm trying to think, because we kind of mentioned that this is a very corridor shootery game. And like that's kind of what it does it because it's just nothing but corridors and they're very boring. What is a good yeah. corridor shooter though? Like it's off the top of your heads, what's like the one you go to that you think that's a good? One? I don't know. Um, to be honest, I don't. Well, I don't. Maybe I mean, I don't play a ton of them. Or maybe Half Life. Half Life. I mean Half Life. Of- yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say that the remake of Doom would absolutely be something to play instead of this. Oh, okay. Doom 2016. That's yeah, your fourth yeah. then. And then I guess if you got one more to round it out. Kevin, round uh, it out. rounding it out with, um, you know, knack to. <laughs> <laughs> Alien versus Predator, Alien Fireteam, Alien Isolation, Doom 2016, and knack to. And Madden 2015. <laughs> Madden 2015. <laughs> Mario Kart Wii. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, as usual, I've been James. You can follow me on Twitter at HotSider, H-O-T-C-Y-D-E-R. You can also help support the podcast over on Patreon at the same address. Uh, until next time, though, folks. Key- oh, should we come up with a special one? For Do you think Aliens Colonial Marines deserves a special outro? I mean, no. we could say, I mean, it doesn't, but it, it, it that won't stop us from saying game over, man. Game oh, over, yeah, man. Rob, okay, Rob, yeah. Game over, man. Game over. Game, 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 game over. over. Game and, and keep and keep blasting, man. <laughs> keep blasting, man. Keep blasting. <laughs> You the can't stay frosty out the there. <laughs> They're blasting everywhere. Where's Bowski? <laughs>